Hi, welcome to Fed Talks. I'm your host, EJ. It is a, a special episode. It is the end of the year, which means it is time for our annual tradition of the best TV shows of the year. And in the in the interest of that annual tradition, since she did it last year and now year two makes it a tradition, it's fan favorite guest, Haley. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Thank you for having me back. Thank you for coming back. And before we start, I didn't prep you for this. Mm. Uh, uh, when I say fan favorite, three of my actual real life top level friends have specifically complimented you as a guest on this show. That's so nice. <laughs> Thank you to your friends. That's very nice. That that makes me feel good about my contribution to your your podcast catalog. You're you're you're, you're winning the people over. Which makes it <laughs> yes. sound like you had some groundwork to make up, which is not. I was starting from a real low place. I'm really That's climbing right. my way up, yeah. I had really been trashing you out in the media. <laughs> Your friend uh, uh, tweeted a link to your great news episode and said that was a good episode. So, honestly, you're at four friends. Oh, my gosh. I love talking about great news. I feel like I could have gone off for, like, another hour. <laughs> you did a very oh, good job was... of reining me in. I that was one I wish there had been a, a whole lot more. I mean, I guess there's unlimited time, but you can only expect so much of people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're going to do our our uh, our best shows of 2022. Uh, unless you have anything you want to check in with first. Like any Ooh. exciting news. We'll have plugs at the end. So if you're, you know. We'll put a pin really in it. I'll think I'll, I'll think on that. <laughs> OK. We're free flowing. You can pop in. Yeah. Last year, we devoted most of our time to Succession and Ted Lasso, neither of which aired new episodes this year. Is that true? Did Succession not air an episode in 2022? Might have bled over into into the. They might have had like the finale. I remember. No, I remember us talking about the finale on the episode, and I think we recorded it before the end of the year. Oh my goodness, that is insane. This year yeah. really went by fast for me. <laughs> I knew that there was no new Ted Lasso, but I, I kind of forgot that there was no new Succession. That's nuts. Yeah, because that was right up to the end of the year. I mean, yeah, maybe we recorded after New Year's Day and there was like one episode that aired. It was it was tight, but yeah, yeah. Um, still for a year in between seasons, that's not a very long break for Succession. So we're not at. Yeah, I'm honestly like. Yet. I think they they dropped the trailer and it's spring 2023 and I was shocked at that. I thought it would be well into the fall next year. So yeah, I thought I heard 2024 somewhere, but maybe that's that must be another show mm. where now I'm pretty just, sure next year. Do. Great. Okay, mm. we know what we're talking about next next year already. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. <laughs> um, so we got we got quite a list here. Uh, and there's a couple things I have been looking forward to talking about with you for, in some cases, almost the whole year. Oh, I'm so excited. But uh, now just to to we're not going to we're not going to do a ranking or anything here. But mm -hmm. uh, uh, top of your head, what was your favorite show this year? That's where we'll start. Favorite new show definitely was Severance. That show absolutely rocked just rocked i was so stoked um best like returning show wrapping things up was 100 percent better call saul those are my, those are my those top are my two picks those are my yeah. top two picks for best so <laughs> um 
I do have a, a, a close second for best finale, but I know that's on your list too. So we'll, we'll get to that, but let's, let's start with severance. I have been looking forward to this. Oh, I just rewatched it. Cause I recommended it to a friend who like really loves twin peaks and things like that. And I was like, I feel like you would really like severance if you like twin peaks. And then I rewatched it. Cause when I recommend a show, I immediately get nervous that it's not good. <laughs> so I rewatched it in its entirety. And I was like, no, I'm a hundred percent correct. The show is so good. It is built so carefully and it's, there's like, I sometimes find with these shows, like you probably notice it too, where the new trend is like a season is kind of like a long movie where it's like nothing really happens till the end. But I found Severance was extremely well paced. Like every episode, something important happened and every episode was a good episode. There was no like filler episode. Yeah, there really wasn't. There was not that sort of mid season uh, we got a hidden episode count here. Yeah. One thing that I, and I mean this as a compliment about Severance, because I don't think it's ever happened to me before. About midway through the season, I realized I was watching it wrong. Oh, really? How so? Well, okay, so I'm 100% in on Severance. Loved it. Mm -hmm. But I'm so used to being in the, in the, uh, the mode that Lost taught me, where I'm trying to outthink the TV show and I'm looking for references and with severance I wasn't doing that because the vibe I got immediately was that it was more sort of a a story about what life is like in this world with this high concept premise mm-hmm. which if you are listening to this you haven't seen severance it's people who work for a company who have their brains split so they are one person when they leave the office and another when they come back in and the two halves of their day are completely unaware of one another. Mm-hmm. That was a sloppy way of explaining it, but you kind of, no, that was excellent. Yeah. Yeah. They can Google it. <laughs> exactly. And I was, and I just kept thinking this was going to be like, it was just kind of exploring this world and maybe it wasn't other than Adam Scott, wasn't really going to get into what the outside world was like. Mm-hmm. And, then about midway through the season, when you get to the reveal of who that woman is, mm-hmm. here, here I am trying not to spoil it. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, oh, oh, wait, no, I should have been watching this like Lost. It was so exciting to have had like a a an unstressful. I mean, it's ridiculously stressful at times, but where mm-hmm. I am not having to where I don't think I have to try to put clues together. And I can just sort of let the feeling wash over me. And then it's like, oh, no, now I got to focus. It was great. I have not had that experience before. You know, I I compared it to Lost a lot, too. My friend Max is also a huge Severance fan. And he's definitely the type of person who, like, goes on to Reddit. And he would send me all these things. And one of the things he kept sending me was, how do I talk about this? That a character was someone. And I was like, that's not true. That'd be the stupidest thing in the whole entire world. And then, like. It, it ended up being 100% true. And I liked, I ended up liking the twist, but it was just like, I, I was the exact same way. Where I was like, I am not searching for clues. They'll reveal in like due time what everything is. And then kind of similarly, like halfway through, I was like, oh no, I need to be like in on this, like full lost Wikipedia or lost, whatever that was like, just going hard. And it does, it's just like a very nice feeling to have a show like that again, like Lost. We, I think we bonded over Lost, where it's like, that show meant so much to me when I was younger. And it's nice to have a show that has like a very similar 
like I care and I want to know what's happening so bad. <laughs> so it's a very nice feeling to have again. Yeah, and and the way it got there was so impressive. I think we can be fairly loose with spoilers. I mean, I'm, you know, it came maybe, out in like January. Like it's it's they've yeah. had the year to catch up. <laughs> If there's anything kind of recent, we'll give a, a quick spoiler warning. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, the like the first the first episode where you don't it throws you in without any idea of what this story is. Mm-hmm. Like that first episode with Adam Scott kind of blundering through the interview is it's weird. Yeah, it's very you know, strange. It's you're not ready to be emotionally involved with it because it sort of has this. The aesthetics aren't aren't the same thing at all, but it, it it's almost like a Wes Anderson feel where the aesthetics are more important. But oh, then yeah, all of a sudden it, yeah. you are involved. Yeah, the aesthetics are very important. You're you're really correct. Like it sets the whole tone of the show. Like if like if the aesthetics weren't as perfect and as thought out as they are, it would be a totally different show. Like they make you feel very like watching the show you feel so isolated because there's just these four characters in this room and it's like their cubicles are all pushed together but the room is really big like it's so everything visually represented in this show is so it's so specific and I understand now why it took them I mean like COVID aside it took them like forever to shoot that first season because I think everything was so meticulously planned out which makes me nervous because I'm like when are we gonna get season two because that like that cliffhanger I do not remember the last time I like fully yelled at the end of a like episode, like at this season finale. I just was like, no, <laughs> like, I just, oh. I was like, I couldn't believe I was going to have to wait a year plus for the next episode. That's, oh, that absolutely worked me over. Oh my God. The, 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 the visual style of it is, and part of the reason it's so surprising is Ben Stiller directed a lot of it. And yeah. He's directed before, but I don't think of him as a guy who has a particular visual flair. Like his movies have been sort of, and I don't necessarily mean this in a in a in a bad way. They're they're fairly workmanlike in that he's he's getting the story told. There's not like that stiller touch. What has he directed? I genuinely don't know if I've seen any of the things he's directed. Uh, he. You know what? Let me pull it up. I keep thinking he, he directed Tropic Thunder, but I think that was actually a different person. I know he did the, the like the Life of Walter Mitty that had Adam Scott in it, but I never saw it. It looked. I remember seeing the trailer and being like, "Oh, that looks kind of like visually interesting," but I just never cared to actually see it. Yeah, that, that one I didn't see, but uh, okay. Oh my God, this new uh, IMDb layout is a nightmare. Oh, it's um, terrible on your phone. Yeah, I hate it. Yep. Um, Zoolander 2. Nope, that's a... Pro- My God, they combined director and producer into a single thing. What the... Jeez, this thing sucks. Uh, <laughs> no, he did direct TV. Zoolander 2. He directed Tropic Thunder. He directed the first Zoolander. Oh, the cable guy. That's the notorious... All uh, oh, right. And Reality Bites, which I was just the right age for that movie, and it's just sort of a... Like visually, it it's just a gets the job done kind of thing. Yeah. There's there's nothing that pre- prepares you for the sort of like just how how interesting it is and how patient. Mm-hmm. Like you'll watch somebody walk through hallways for for I think Entertainment Weekly clocked one of them at ninety five seconds and yeah, you're in the entire time. <laughs> 
Well, do you remember that first teaser where it was like it was just the cat like point of view from the camera walking down the white hallways and turning and turning, and then all of a sudden Madam Scott was there and it's like it was very. I remember seeing it and I I just was like, what the heck is this show? I'm 100% on board <laughs> with whatever it is. Like I was in from that first like teaser. Oh yeah, that was. And you're probably like me in that you're kind of pre-sold on Adam Scott projects to begin with because. Oh, he has me locked in forever. Like, (laughs) I like have this like, like, um, like, what's it called? A board in my office that I can stick things to. A cork board. I don't know why I blanked on that word. That I've had since I was fully a teenager. And in it, there's a cutout of Adam Scott from some magazine from when he was like, I think either Party Down or Parks and Rec. So like 2010, maybe. And I still have it fully 12 years later. Like, I'm just like, and I, I'm like, I could remove it because I'm fully an adult. But I was like, I just like the guy so much. <laughs> it's like, I never want to remove it. Liking Adam Scott has aged very well. Honestly, and I'm, he's one of the few where if something bad comes out about him, that one will like devastate me. I feel like I'm pretty oh. okay with almost any other straight white man getting something bad revealed. I'm like, you know what? But he, he would really, that would be a real kick. I would hate that. So knock on wood. <laughs> I feel yeah. like we're in the clear, but yeah, he only gets better. So it seems, and I'm so happy when he got not like when he's finally getting nominated things. Cause he's been like putting in the work. So when he got that Emmy nomination, I felt like, I felt like proud. <laughs> I, was like, I do yeah, not know this like, man, so but I'm not. like, he did it. He did it. <laughs> Weirdly his, uh, his music podcast with Scott Ackerman have really made me feel more connected to him because I, you know, oh, he's, that, he's, oh. he's a weird man with a strange sense of humor. Oh, he's got the most, bo- like, he's so funny in a, such a strange way. And yeah, I feel like I like imprinted on him because I was living in Vancouver and I didn't really know anyone. So I was like alone in a big city. And that's like when I got super into podcasts in general. But they put out you talking you two to me kind of like around that time and I just remember being like well these are my best friends they talk to me every Wednesday morning (laughs) they're the stupidest people on planet earth like yeah I feel like I just like he's just my guy when they actually interviewed you too that was like emotional preparation for Tom Hanks on Dead Eyes honestly the arc of that stupid podcast is insane like from where they start that first episode to where their YouTube podcast ends should be a documentary. It is so insane. <laughs> like it's just them like just in an empty earwolf recording studio at night, like just doing the dumbest bits for an hour and a half, not even talking about the album they're supposed to talk about. And then like ten episodes later they're meeting Bono. It's just like what is happening? Who is weirdly aware of some of their dumb jokes. Oh my god, that's the funniest part that Bono like kind of knew but like kind of didn't like it was like what does he know? <laughs> Insane. He wouldn't have listened to an episode, yes. could he? I, can you imagine? My God. <laughs> but all that to say, yeah, I, I'm primed for pretty much any Adam Scott project. So when I saw Severance, he's the lead. It's like a sci-fi, kind of a like a dark comedy, but a drama. I was like, this is going to be 100% my kind of thing. And I was right. Did not disappoint. Yeah, and and then when you get past him, the cast is ridiculous on this show. Christopher Walken doing a TV show. 
It's insane. And then yeah, John Turturro, and then um, what's um, who plays Healy? Britt. Oh, what's her name? Or Helly, sorry. Britt La- Yeah, she is so so good. Um, everyone they cast is is perfect. Um, is it Patricia Arquette? Is that the Arquette yeah. that is? She's so insane. Her performance is bonkers. The way she delivers lines, I just do it around my house. Like she's so insane. Like she's like mock. Mark, I just do that alone in my house because it's so weird. I just love it. And and Zach Cherry, who kind of just steals the show in the finale. Oh, yeah. with his, uh, I mean, that's I he's done a lot more stuff and now I'm more conscious of him. But at the time this started, I knew him as the guy who tells Spider-Man to do a flip. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly how I knew him, too. He's a star, man. Like. He was like, yeah, he's so good in this show. Um, And I feel like, yeah, we both wear glasses. So the stress of him, like, holding those two things and his glasses slipping down his nose is just so real. (laughs) I was, like, sweating watching it. Yes, that was was so visceral. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. That finale, I think, was the closest I've ever come to having a full panic attack while watching TV. I was like, I'm having a nervous breakdown watching this episode. Yeah, I get, get got to get up and walk around. <laughs> Honestly, just uh, pacing. Yeah. Yeah. Britt, I don't know if it's Lower or Lower. I've never heard her name spoken before. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is so tremendous because she's like of the of the main cast, except for maybe maybe Zach. She is the least immediately famous. Mm-hmm. And I think she has the hardest role because. Like if she if she didn't play her character right, her character who does not know why she's at that office and wants desperately to get out, but just keeps turning up there again. Mm -hmm. It could play like live action Forky if she's not careful. And she's so good. I cannot wait for season two. She's going to absolutely destroy it with what she's going to get to do now that we know who her Audi is. And like her Audi is just ruthless. Like those like pre-recorded videos to herself unbelievable i was like i cannot believe this is the same actress like the switch so i'm so excited to see kind of like how that plays out in season two like oh my god it's gonna be so if she's not nominated for something i'm gonna be so mad yeah that'd that'd be ridiculous she's Mm -hmm. just tremendous uh Mm -hmm. yeah okay so we are we we might come we might loop back around to seven (laughs) because how do you not yeah but then we, then we got to talk Better Call Saul. And this is my I am uh, my friends are watching it with me now. They watch TV. I have to come up with TV shows for them to watch. And sometimes it takes oh. them years to listen to me. Oh, yeah. That and is my best about, friend to a T. Yeah. They're about three episodes away from the end of Better Call Saul. So <laughs> this is their spoiler warning. OK. Uh they should stop listening if they want. I will text them the time code when they can listen again. <laughs> but we 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 don't want to be constrained by whether or not Brad has seen the finale. <laughs> yeah, I Brad. don't know why I put so much scorn into his name, but because <laughs> he didn't listen to you. And you know what? He's he's the only one syllable name in the mix, and there are also yeah. two Beckys, and yeah. it'll be confusing which Becky I'm making fun of. These friggin' Brad and Becky's, come on, get your stuff together. Yeah. That's right. <laughs>
that was a that was a pretty fantastic final season there. Talk about sticking the landing. I was I knew they would. I was so confident. I was like, this last season is going to be so good. But they, oh, they 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 really done did it to us. That was <laughs> I could not like I can't I can't even remember what happens in what episode. But I feel like within the first you know half of that season. Like two like main characters just toast, and I just was like, yeah. oh my! Like every week, I was like, I just want Kim Wexler to be okay. Like I, I, I was confident Saul was going to be fine, but I was like, I just need Kim to be okay. I just need Kim to be okay. And with every week, I was like, I don't know if she's going to be okay. <laughs> it was so stressful. And then weirdly, it was. It took a little bit of the stress off when they they wrapped up the Lalo and the the cartel stuff midway through the season. Yeah, and then you're like, oh no, what is this like, back half going to be? Finale? <laughs> yeah, honestly, oh god. And the thing that I love about Better Call Saul is a bunch of Breaking Bad bros who are just the worst people on the internet. I'm sorry. Oh. They started binging Better Call Saul because they wanted to like kind of know what was happening when Jesse and Walt came came back. And all I can think about is like. Those people just like binging this extremely like very slow paced, but it you know layered drama for like five seasons, and then like just to get to those tiny little cameos that don't really mean anything. Like they were fun, but and I get why they had to do them, but I also was like I could have like taken or leaving, like left them. I mean, um, they were fun though, so I'm glad they're there. But it was hilarious seeing. Aaron yeah. Paul try to be a teenager again. I was like, you're 40 years old. What are you doing here? Your voice is an octave deeper than it once was. You've made a Need for Speed movie since then. <laughs> I will say, though, I did appreciate the one Walt conversation. Um, it's when they're in the bunker, and I think it's before Walt gets sent oh, yeah. to Alaska. And I just really like that it did showcase Walt was a bad guy. He was selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, he... Because he blamed everyone else until kind of the very end. And then he kind of, like, literally in his dying moments, he kind of took responsibility. And I like that intercut with Saul, who made some mistakes. But I do genuinely believe that Saul was, like, a or Jimmy was, like, a good person. I think he just really did some dumb stuff in his life. And I like that kind of, I don't know, parallel between the two leads. Because Better Call Saul could have been a very different show. And instead mm-hmm. it was like this beautiful commentary on like morality and then like love with Kim, like all these things that you would not have expected from the sh- spinoff show that was supposed to be about this sleazy lawyer. And I feel like the way they constructed the final few episodes and the finale in particular did such a good job of like just honoring all of, like the journey you went on with these characters who you like loved so much. So I don't know. I just, they just stuck the landing and I loved, I loved the way Breaking Bad ended too, but it just, they're very different shows like Breaking Bad had to end with a huge shootout and like all of that high stakes insanity and Saul had to end with like him like negotiating like really long-winded you know the, this like the what's it, what would it be like the parameters of his you know yeah <laughs> like it was very like not action-packed but it was perfect yeah, and then and then blowing it all up just to prove he could have gotten away with this too. And oh God, that was perfect. That was such oh, a good. Oh, I love move. that. 
And that's the where I think the people who didn't get Saul were probably mad because I think what they wanted was like, no, look at him. He's kicking ass again. He's going to get it like he's going to get it down to eight years. Then he'll be free. And I feel like people who maybe I don't know, the people who got the show were like, this feels wrong. Like the whole point of this is that he should be growing. And if he does this and weasels his way out, what was the point of the last, you know, six years of watching this show? And then when he confesses and he looks back at Kim, oh, it just absolutely broke me. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe this is how it, like, I was, obviously you're sad to see him in jail because you're, you like the guy and you want him to have a life, but it felt so right. Like, it was the correct, it was just the correct ending. And it was that final bit of him being in jail, being buddies with, you know, all his, like, inmates was him being Saul and, like, him baking was him being Gene. And then when he finally goes to Kim, she calls him Jimmy. It was like the perfect distillation of all, like his whole arc. Oh, it's so beautiful. I love, I'm so excited to see what those people do next. Like outside of the Breaking Bad universe, they just, they're so good at making TV. <laughs> yeah. Did, did you hear uh, Vince Gilligan has a deal with Apple TV um, for a non-Breaking Bad universe series, but it will star uh, Rhea Seahorn. Oh my god, I feel like I did read this and I forgot about it until the second. Isn't isn't she like an isn't it about like nuns or something? <laughs> did I just make that up? I think I made I didn't that up. Hear that, but holy smokes, I'm, I'm, I might I'm, I might have lied, but I did remember hearing that. I wasn't sure how real that was. That's a real thing. Oh my goodness. That's yeah, that's I mean, given the environment we live in, who knows? But it's not <laughs> HBO, so it's more likely that it'll still exist in a oh year. Oh my gosh, I can't even talk about that HBO business. Um, let me see next series. Oh my gosh, look at this. That's gonna be so good. Oh, it's gonna be stupid. How good that's gonna be? <laughs> it's yeah, gonna ruin I, my life. I, I mean, they they could easily have just done Better Call Kim, and I would watch it for six more years. Oh, a hundred percent. Um, yeah, that's it just, just says a grounded person. drama. A grounded drama is all it says. So I think I maybe made up that it was her. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I, I'm losing my mind. Um, yeah, I'm so excited she's going to continue getting her, um, you know, just getting work and being able to showcase. She's so talented. I'm just happy that she's going to be still on TV for, for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I'd hate to see her disappear. This how this is the opposite of what people usually want, but I I'd hate to see her disappear into movies. Oh, me too. I want to see her week to week. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And and I'm didn't he? Bob you know, Odin she's over also... thirty, so she's gonna play moms in a movie. Oh God, don't even get me started. Yeah. Didn't Bob Odenkirk also write a show that she's in for like AMC? Wasn't there something about that too? I think so. I, I think know. it was maybe a series of shorts or something. Yeah, something like that. Anyways, I, I love that, Bob yeah. Odenkirk too. Yeah, I hope he continues on his like prestige drama path because he's such an excellent actor. He, there is a, and, and this is not set in stone, but he is uh, been thrown around to do a Marvel show. Oh, uh, I don't love that. I don't love well, it. I know. Nah, I don't know. Here's the, here's why I'm I'm interested in it is uh besides me liking superheroes <laughs> is uh it's the the guy I can never pronounce his name he's he played uh Doctor Manhattan in Watchmen uh oh Yai Abdul Mati I cannot pronounce his name 
I know and, which actor you're talking about. Yeah, I also yes. am not confident in pronouncing his name. <laughs> right. And he he's possibly the worst Marvel hero. So anything they can do to make him good is will be exciting. But he's a guy who's a superhero who would rather just be an actor. And Bob Woodkirk <laughs> would play his agent, which uh, makes me think it's a little more She-Hulk flavored. Mm, that's kind of fun. And also, that's the kind of thing he could knock out in two weeks, probably, and then. That's exactly what I was going to say. Sometimes I get afraid when actors I love get pulled into Marvel because it's like, well, is all they're going to do for the next, you know, 10 years Marvel things? Because I would love to see some, like, I love that Bob Odenkirk will do some, like, absurd comedy. Like, he'll pop in to do a bit. And then I love that he'll immediately shift into, like, gut-wrenching drama. And I just am worried if he gets pulled into a big Marvel thing that he'll just be, like marvel guy for 10 years but at least he uh, had a steady paycheck he, he's also a guy who's had so many phases of his career that you have to oh, think it's he's insane. it's i see him go with the katherine hahn model of you do a marvel thing and then you got a bunch of other things you can do that's very true did but you read his book i bought it and started it i have not gotten very far in it it's very have good i recommend it? it yeah i read it oh, this good. year okay. it's excellent it's weird. It stops right before his heart attack, which is very oh, strange. Like, he's like, I'm finishing up this movie, nobody, and then we'll get back to Saul. And I'm just like, oh, man, you have a whole other book you have to write now. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that thing on Twitter where somebody was comparing uh, Bob Odenkirk and David Cross? And it was just like, David Cross, I can't believe they only paid me $6 million to do this Chipmunks movie. And Bob Odenkirk, as he's having a heart attack in the New Mexico sun, is gasping out, I'm so grateful for this opportunity, Mr. Gilligan. <laughs> I think that really said, I'm not a huge fan of David Cross. The be- like, I love him as Tobias in Arrested Development, but that's kind of where my love for that guy ends. I mean, obviously Mr. Show, but I've always been more of a Bob gal. Yeah, I was I very think- big into him for, like, his stand-up back when I was... Uh, younger and shittier for lack of a <laughs> better were, word you're edgy yeah yeah I, I never got that edgy i mean let's be honest <laughs> you, the 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 edgiest i got is is uh 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 maybe under tipping once um <laughs> but i you know i sort of liked his his attitude and now it's just tiresome he just hasn't grown with the times i like that's all it really is. He just hasn't evolved much, I don't think. Um, and I think I Bob Odenkirk has. He did a movie that was supposed to, uh, a dramatic movie that was supposed to be really interesting. And I never, I heard him do an interview on Bullseye about it. And then I never saw the movie come out or heard anybody talk about it ever again. <laughs> a great sign. <laughs> yeah, that's, but yeah, he seems more likely to do just, you know, the paycheck jobs or do his mm-hmm. thing. And Bob Odenkirk is really, I mean, even before Better Call Saul, he was really taking a hand in like mentoring these young comedians like Tim and Eric and the Birthday Boys. I know. I think that's why I just like, like, especially like later era Bob Odenkirk, I have such a soft spot for it because he'll still do, you know, comedy bang bang. And yeah, his love for the Birthday Boys, like there was absolutely no reason for him to mentor a like a group of young, insane sketch comedy guys but he did and tried to help them make this show like there was no reason for him to do that other than the fact that he genuinely and that's the thing I got from his book too he genuinely loves comedy and I think he's like and he's not like 
he still loves it even after being in the industry for you know 30 years he still loves it and I think and I think that shows with his choices and he still loves acting and he wants to learn and be better and I think that's why he's doing so well is because he like he's growing (laughs) whereas like David Cross is pretty like stagnant um I don't know why I'm like just comparing them they're both fine I'm sure but I just I really love Bob Odenkirk so I was so happy that he got this like one that he's still alive that would have been like genuinely so devastating um and two, that he got to, like, have this absolute home run, like, late into his career. Like, that's awesome. That's that's rare. Yeah, and, I mean, obviously, there's nothing good about him having a heart attack. But I like to think he got to see how concerned people were for him and this yeah. just outpouring of love. It's like the last time the last time social media united in a positive way behind somebody. <laughs> genuinely it was like i couldn't believe like every single tweet was just like he has to be okay like <laughs> just like everyone was like no this is un- this is an unacceptable one like betty white she's 100 fine you know but like, i mean obviously the timelines were different but it was definitely like it was one where everyone was like absolutely not no unacceptable <laughs> and i agree so i'm glad he stuck around because holy smokes it's also very cool that when he got they did the his uh, star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, which, you know, it's kind of a bullshit thing because you pay to get on there. But it, yeah, it must still be fun. He mm-hmm. one of the people he invited was Paul F. Tompkins. Yes, they talked about that on what was it? Three them or something. I can't remember. And I was like, man, that's he's just a real one. <laughs> yeah, it's that's adorable. And also Carol Burnett was there and nobody knew why, because she had not been on the show yet. Mm hmm. Oh God, she's so good on. Oh, she's. I love her so much. Her using the grab that that grabber. That was just, it's so that funny. Just nailed grandparent. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Big time. Okay, so we we got a bunch of other shows, and I oh do I, we ever we could just do the Saul cast? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd like to get into another show that finished this year that. At the time, and it was very early this year. We talked about it a little, and we sort of agreed to save it for the pod. Mm-hmm. Search party. My God, I am just so happy that a show like that could be made. Like it, it was so insane. I have never, and I was um the thing that was insane about it is that I believe, like I was never like this is stupid. The whole time I was like, I'm invested in this absolutely batshit. <laughs> twist the show was taken i like loved that final season even though it was objectively insane yeah that show had such a weird ride to begin with because it's Mm -hmm. like one of the last survivors of tbs's short-lived comedy lineup Mm -hmm. and it was the one that they always aired strangely like yes i think they did the first season all in one go and then the second season was two episodes a night at 1 a.m over five nights and then this final season was all in one go wasn't it also like it all dropped i think so i think yeah the other hbo max seasons might have been weekly but this one i think because i seem to remember cracking through it pretty fast because uh, because i was like what (laughs) what is happening (laughs) if you haven't seen search party and please please watch it it starts out as this this group of millennial friends who get way too involved with the disappearance of somebody they know from school. Mm-hmm. And it's this it's this kind of funny like uh, I mean, it's it's I don't mean kind of funny in a 
uh, diminishing way, but it's it's played fairly real except for some of the crazier mystery aspects. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it, it's like a really this really good depiction of millennial life. I say this as a man in my 40s, so I might be way <laughs> wrong. But no, it, seemed, it doesn't... got genuine affection and didn't seem like an old man shouting at a cloud. No, it definitely felt correct in terms of like, and I mean, the the show was a little hard for me at first because all of the all of the characters are bad people. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. They're all like insufferable millennials. Like they're all the different types of just like terrible monsters. But it is wild that you still care about them. Like it definitely is successful in that way where it's like you're still there's still stakes and you're still invested and like you want them to get out of, you know, X, Y, Z or, you know, um, but they all are very bad people, (laughs) very bad, self-centered, selfish, awful people. (laughs) Then after years of, I mean, the show changed genres. It's, you know, there was a, the season devoted to a court case and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, where she was captive. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. That season where she was held captive was insane. Yeah, that was like a lifetime, a lifetime movie or something. And mm-hmm. in the final season, they essentially wipe out humanity with a, with a zombie virus. Yeah, it goes. Yeah, they really did it. It <laughs> is really their fault. Went, it is the fault of the main characters. It is 100% their fault. Yeah. Oh, God, and, it's so good. And, and the way the way it comes about works, you do buy into it and. But right up to that, it's like this really good sort of satire of of influencer culture and, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, all those terrible people they brought into sort of the, the metaverse style uh, <laughs> hive. Who all and like burn themselves. Because of, oh, God. <laughs> like, look what we did for you. And they're like, you know, Instagramming everything. Yeah, it's like. And it, yeah, it could have definitely fallen into that pit trap of like old man yells at cloud, look at these stupid millennials. But I think the people who wrote and made the show were of the age of the characters. And I think mm-hmm. that was very important. <laughs> yeah, there there is a very uh it like I say, I'm I'm I, I mostly know about young people through social media and <laughs> but you can tell when it's somebody my age with an axe to grind who's writing young mm-hmm. people and when an open-hearted young person is writing young people. Yeah, I also am just such a fan of John Early in almost, like, in anything. I would watch him, he's one of those people where it's like, I would watch him, like, read the phone book. Like, the choices he makes in his performance in this show, he's, like, probably one of the worst people in, literally in the world in the show. <laughs> but he is so funny and his character arc in that final season is like hysterical like I was dying watching it like it is just like capital A absurd like I just it's so weird and it just made me so happy that something that weird got made like that's honestly what it comes down to I was just like yes this is so unique this is insane it's a completely weird thing that that got to play out like what was it five seasons yeah which is crazy told a story nobody could have anticipated (laughs) yeah Yeah, i loved it i can't recommend it enough one thing about search party i just uh you you are a blank check listener right i i go in and out with it okay but yes but you're you're, you're familiar you're familiar with the blanky lifestyle 
Yes. It is so there's I think season one, there is an episode where where Griffin Newman has like a major role. Yes. And it is so out of step with everything we know about Griffin from every other thing he's done or said in public. (laughs) (laughs) Like He's menacing. Our boy is an actor. (laughs) Really? For context, he injured himself doing a dialogue scene on The Tick. (laughs) He messed up his back, and it was not for any of the stunts. It was a dialogue scene. (laughs) Oh, man. And then he, doesn't he come back? He comes back in the final season, and he's equally as terrible. (laughs) He can't get past the... uh, the the roadblocks he's calling out to them and they're just acting like they don't see him. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> um. Okay. Here's. I I want to hit one more before I forget. Okay. And some of these other things on your list we can kind of combine because they're thematically more similar. Yeah, I, I have thought. a few that I know for sure you did not watch that I will pitch to your general audience, but probably not to you specifically. I can't imagine you watching some of it. You, you'd you be surprised. I have a couple pitches for you, too. But uh, OK, perfect. Um, We both had this on our, our list and most of it aired last year, but I didn't watch any of it until this year. But that was Station Eleven. I was literally just talking about this show last night to my friend. <laughs> And I I can't remember what even brought it up. Um, But yeah, it just squeaked into counting as this year. This is like, I like, I don't really care about the Emmys. I say that, but then I get really mad when things don't go the way I want them to go. So I guess I do care. This is one where I was so mad. First of all, White Lotus category cheated because it was in the limited series, but it got a second season. So I was like, first of all, it shouldn't have even been in these Mm -hmm. categories. And second of all, Station Eleven should have swept it. White Lotus season one, I didn't. It was fine. I haven't seen the second season. I'm everyone's saying it's great, so I'm sure I'll like it. But Station Eleven was like a genuinely moving experience. <laughs> like that final episode, I don't remember the last time I cried that hard watching a TV show. <laughs> I would like lost it. And maybe it's because when I watched it, it was like still kind of things were shut down and things were kind of weird still with like the COVID of it all. So maybe just extra hit home. But man, that show did not get enough recognition. It was like Stunning from start to finish. It is a show. I felt like maybe I was a different person by the end of having watched it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It like it moves you. And I'm like, I was like, I can't believe like it's a show. But like, like some of it's like about like how art can like save humanity. And I was like, and this show is doing it. Like I was just like a wreck watching it. I, I generally hate like post-apocalyptic fiction. It can be uh, tough, yeah. And so much of it, e- even beyond the stress of almost actually living it, so much of it, <laughs> like like The Walking Dead, which has many other problems, especially in its later years, but it feels super right-wing. You know, it's well, all yeah. about how, how uh, you know, you need to be afraid of the other, uh, not the others. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely <laughs> lost with this brush. But if you run into another group of people who are different from you, they're the enemy. And the worst thing that can happen is, uh, you know, somebody takes your guns. Yeah. And uh, like my friend Sam always says, probably uh, uh, zombies wouldn't devastate the world because machine guns exist. Honestly, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, and but this is about this this incredible loss and people rebuilding society and that there's a, a place for art. Yeah. Like you 
never think about that in like in Walking Dead. Does somebody does somebody have a monologue memorized that they can perform? Yeah. No. You know, it's it's just so lovely. And then when when even in the the future scenes when something bad happens, uh David Cross, for example. Uh, I was just going to say, it's very funny that I was shit talking him. And then I just remembered he was very much so in this show I loved. So. Yeah. And he was good. It was such a weird role for him. He, he was very good. And I have to give it to him. But uh, yeah, that's I don't know how much it's been a while since I've watched it. So I don't have a lot of fresh thoughts. I, yeah, but, I, I think it's more so just like if you missed it when it was really being talked about and it first came out, it's definitely worth going and watching on your own even if it's not in you know the discourse right now it's it's 100 worth going back and watching it. like the performances are so beautiful and it's just such a wonderful like moving like heart-wrenching story but it's also very uplifting like i think that's kind of i agree with you where sometimes post-apocalyptic stuff like the movie the road or even the book the road it is so dark it's like makes you want to like it makes me like feel sick <laughs> And this one has definitely has moments of darkness and there's moments where you're like, there's tension and you're stressed and it's like really heartbreaking. But I do think the through line is always like hope and like it's it like it feels like it ends really positively where other shows I think would have taken that darker turn and ending it. Like, isn't it sad how every, you know, like for this mm-hmm. one, it was like a beautiful ending. So I definitely recommend circling back and watching it. It was oh, so lovely. Yeah, that's oh God, it was beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Still <laughs> Or just start crying on the pot. <laughs> I didn't know that a simple hug would break me emotionally. <laughs> Seeing people hug, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Lost my mind. Um well you got quite a list here. You hit hit me with one. Hit me with a show okay. you want to talk about. I'm gonna Whether it's one I watched or not. I'm gonna do the quick like I people are often surprised because I do like you know the severances and Barry and like kind of darker stuff I am at my core a person who believes that uh, rom-coms are the best genre of anything (laughs) so I have some shows that are rom-coms that I just can't recommend enough the main one that I became obsessed with this year was Starstruck it stars Rose Matafeo who I discovered by my Taskmaster obsession that I do want to talk about at some point today. Um, so Star Trek, Starstruck is beautiful. It's about, it's like so, so funny also. It's about this girl who gets drunk and hooks up with someone. And the next day she realizes he's like a very famous actor. And it's just kind of like the trials and tribulations of them, you know, trying to date. And, you know, it's very, very funny. I'd recommend that one. That one's definitely like, like adult, not adult, but like, the other two shows are definitely, I think, targeted for teens. <laughs> and I 100% watch them as a 30-year-old. Um, but Starstruck is great. Rose Matafeo is like that? the star. Sorry? It's on, for Canada, Canadian listeners, it's on Crave. I think for Americans, it's HBO Max. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it, uh, both seasons are out, and it got renewed for a third. So you can be invested in it, and there will still be more. Um, and then the other two that are definitely... I'm confident are targeted for people much younger than me, but I will watch them anyways. Is Never Have I Ever, which is the Mindy Kaling show on Netflix. With John McEnroe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. It's just like, I just find it very delightful. And it's, I do like Mindy Kaling's, and who is, is it Lang Fisher, I think, also writes or co created it. Um, I'm just invested in those 
silly teens and their their high school drama. I, th- I think it's a funny, worthwhile watch. And then Hardstopper is this Netflix show based on a graphic novel that's like LGBTQIA, like kind of every main character is a member or not a member, like kind of fits on that spectrum. And it's just like so positive and so like lovely and heartwarming and sweet. And it's just like, I just feel like it's such a good thing to have out in the universe, even though the the, like fandom for it, I just learned is extremely toxic because they kind of forced one of the leads to like come out as bisexual, which is like very disturbing. It's like, you did not get the message of this show kids. Um, But it is just a lovely program. I I didn't realize that. that. Yeah. But the show itself was just like, I watched it when I was just like mopey and sad because I was like, everybody's talking about like I think Dan Levy like Shit's Creek posted he's like this show is so sweet I know it's meant for people younger than me but like it's just such a sweet show and I was like you know what I want to watch a show that is just genuinely just like heartwarming and it really fit the bill just like a sweet sweet little show so those are the three rom-coms that I like loved this year so I'll pitch that to anyone who loves a rom-com I had not heard of Starstruck and Heartstopper. I only knew from the controversy. I'm about yeah. a season and a half into Never Have I Ever. I just think that show is very funny, and I it really is. So I'm so weirdly invested in all those little dum dums. Like I just I'm like I want these kids to figure it out. Like just <laughs> isn't it nice when you hit the age when you watch when you can watch high schoolers on TV and not and sort <laughs> not of view them that them. way. Like I just want it to work out for you as opposed yeah. to wanting to die. Yeah, it's just nice to just have be so removed from that time period <laughs> that I'm just like I'm not reliving trauma watching high schoolers. I'm more so just like oh, I hope those kids figure it out. They'll be fine in ten years either way. So, <laughs> but those are the three that I was I was pretty sure I'm I'm stoked that you're watching Never Have I Ever because I do think it's it's funny. But I bet you would like Star or Starstruck. There's a scene in, in one of the season two episodes that came out this year. That is genuinely one of the funniest things I've like ever seen on television. It's just like the it's just the opener. It's a minute and a half, and it's just Rose Matafeo being it's just her performance is perfect. I laughed so hard. Um, anyways, I can't recommend it enough. Hey, I'm, I I have a master list of shows I need to watch on my phone, and I have just added them. And you'll you'll rip through Starstruck. It's like a very easy watch. Short season, half hour episodes. You'll be done in no time. Oh. God bless the half-hour episodes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, how about I'm going to pitch you two shows that were not on your list, and then we'll get back oh, to excited. things we both watched again. Perfect. Um, one of them I am surprised because it sounds it seems like it would it would have been positioned in a place for you to see it, but Bad Sisters on Apple TV. What is the premise of Bad Sisters? I don't think I've even I don't think it's even come across except for when you mentioned it or I noticed it on your list. I genuinely don't know anyone who's seen it. Okay, well, it's Apple TV did a bad job of promoting it and I only <laughs> found out it existed because Sharon Horgan was on Comedy Bang Bang. Oh. Yeah. Okay. If you heard that episode, that was where it was impossible to tell whether she was she was into it and and going along with the bit or genuinely irritated to be there. I didn't listen to it because I remember feeling that way about her Hollywood handbook episode, even though she worked a new haze. I remember feeling like, Oh, I don't know if she hates them or is having fun. So when I saw her on comedy bang, bang, I was like, Scott is like kind of 
the worst interviewer maybe known to mankind. So I just was like, I don't know if I can handle this one. Like I kind of skipped the episodes where it's not like a full blown comedy person as the main guest. Cause I'm just like, Oh God, this is going to be painful. <laughs> That, that's fair, and I believe that came I, out during his recording a million episodes in three weeks because of the baby. So yeah, which I gotta get. I love Scott, and I Comedy Bang Bang was like the first podcast I was like obsessed with. So I, I feel like I have earned my right to be like sometimes I just can't with him. <laughs> There's almost 800 episodes. You're fine. Yeah, yeah. I've listened to like 750 of them, so I've, I've, I will I've say my shoes. <laughs> she seemed genuinely delighted when Paul F. Tompkins came in. So. Oh, I don't think I even saw PFT was on there. I bet it'd be worth a listen then, because he can he can balance out Scott in a, a very good way. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the premise is uh, there are the the titular bad sisters. Uh, <laughs> one of one of this uh, five five sisters, five okay. adult sisters. One of them is married to the worst man in the world. Like he okay. is. That he is a, he is a terrible human being, and he is making all of their lives worse for being in it. Like he's not physically abusive to her, but emotionally abusive. Okay. And he he wrecks the lives of all of the women in various ways. One of them lost an eye because of him. Oh my god! Okay, so he's like, like just, he, bad dude. Yeah, he screws with their careers and. It's it's classic lost bifurcated storytelling where you see in the very first episode, you see his funeral. And then you oh. also cut back to the the sisters gradually realizing that their lives are miserable unless he's dead. <laughs> and gradually, one by one, they kind of come over to, yeah, we actually do have to kill this guy. And it is very dark, but it also does a he is and he is so perfectly played and it's he's so loathsome that you you do buy into the the sort of black comedy presence of yeah, no, I can see they definitely want to kill him. <laughs> the like, guy needs to be gone. <laughs> their lives are are ruined until something happens to him and they come up with various ways that fail, uh sometimes hilariously, sometimes horribly. And then you you jump to the the present where there's a weird focus on the insurance investigators trying to find out what happened. Okay. Which sort of helps you uncover it, but it is it is it's so well done because it's one thing that that uh, really dark comedy like that sort of often leaves out is like the psychic toll that being in that life would take on you. Mm-hmm. Like so often people will ju in a you know, if something's marketed as a black comedy, at some point somebody is just going to be okay with murder. Yeah. And it's like in, when you cut to the the present and he's dead, everybody's screwed up by what happened, even though we we haven't seen how it happened or who was responsible. It's like there's actual it, consequences, yeah. Yes. There it, it's heightened, but it stays they stay realistic people. Interesting. I absolutely would love this show. I'm sure of it. it it's it seems like it would be right up your alley. Yeah. Uh, that was terrific. And what was oh the other one? It's called The Wilds. The Wilds. This is on Amazon. Okay. And 
I assume Amazon's the same in Canada. I don't know. I think it is. Um, if it's like a Prime original, we get it. Okay. It is a Prime original. Okay. The second series aired this year. Okay. Uh, so let me tell you about The Wilds. It's about a group of high school girls who survive a plane crash and end up on an island. <laughs> hear, okay. Hear me out. No, I already it love it. <laughs> right. That's now. Here's here's my history with the Wilds because I ended up watching the whole thing this year. Um, pre Yellow Jackets. Uh, our our social media slash real life uh, friend Summer told me. You should mm-hmm. watch The Wilds. It's up your alley. Hmm. And so I'm like, all right. And then she recommended another show also. And uh, uh, this is not the ad part, but if she ever tells you to watch a show, you watch that show. <laughs> She's good. She, she is good at recommending shows. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, but so I, you know, I checked them out and both of them are about teenage girls. And I don't want to be the guy who's watching two shows about <laughs> teenage girls. It's so a tough I kind spot of put, to be in, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of put the wilds aside. And then after Yellow Jackets, I'm like, man, I could really use some plane crash surviving. <laughs> and see, here's the way the wilds works. Uh, teen girls end up, it is an island. It's not like Yellow Jackets where it's a forest. It's it's mm-hmm. Lost Island. Sick. Uh, we do see them. We, we cut through time. We see them before, uh, you know, before they're fateful trip Mm -hmm. and we also see them after and usually after they're in some sort of they seem to be in custody and they're being interrogated somewhere Mm. or they're they they don't have their freedom and then so it's like okay you kind of got me and then they sort of reveal the the actual premise at the end of the first episode Mm. and they now use it to market the show, but I kind of don't want to spoil it. But it's okay. It's roughly like if 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 Ben had showed up at the end of the first episode of Lost. Oh, okay. Yeah, I feel like this show must have got completely lost in the mix for me because my like Twitter and everything was definitely all Yellow Jackets all the time. A show I still haven't watched. Um, but I definitely never saw any love for the Wild. So I have a week and a half off work coming up. I'm 100% gonna watch both these shows. <laughs> Okay, you, yeah, the the wild, and then the second season introduces another twist that Ooh. can be explained in two words, but I also don't want to spoil it. But once okay. they, <laughs> it it's 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 really fun. We're getting a third season at some point, um, but you know, given your your love of Lost and stressful yes. situations, <laughs> it seems 100% up my alley, and I feel like. Those two will be a good couple of shows to watch together. Similar, kind of dark, one kind of more drama, one a bit more comedy. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna crush those next week. <laughs> All right. Um. Let okay. Now we're gonna get back to our. Here's some things you had on your list. I didn't put on my list, but I liked them, and you sort of reminded me that they exist. Mm. And I'm just gonna lump them together because basically they seem to be the only network shows either of us watch. Mm. is uh abbott elementary american auto and grand crew yeah the the sitcoms coming back um abbott elementary i love it is like quinta 
is absolutely like you can tell that she was a fan of the sitcoms I loved also when I was like younger because I think her and I are pretty close to the same age it's like you know she loved the office you know she loved Parks and Rec and it is like showing in that show so much it's just like oh god it's so good I love Abbott Elementary American Auto same people as Superstore right and it has a similar tone um I just love seeing Anna I can never say her name even though I love her as a guy styer why can't I pronounce it gas styer I just love seeing her on TV, number one. But also, I do find that show, like, laugh out loud funny pretty regularly. And Grand Crew, I just love that cast so much. I think it'll hopefully, like, it wasn't 100% hitting for me every episode, but I felt like it was a little bit, like, kind of growing pains of a first season of a show, more so than, like, Abbott. Like, Abbott kind of knew what it was right out of the gate. Um, But I feel like Grand Crew will have a fun second season. I just love Carl Tart so much, like... I love him so much. <laughs> I would watch any. I would watch him in anything. So I had to put it down. Yeah, I, th- I think that needs a little more room, just because it doesn't even have a premise. It's a it's a yeah. character show. Yeah, and I I kind of feel like they rushed a few things getting into that season finale that I hope they'll maybe like play out a little more at the beginning of season two. Like some things kind of felt a little bit like they came out of nowhere. I don't know. But I just like all the people in the show so much. And I like a lot of people that like created the show or write on the show. So I feel like I just have to give it a, you know, the benefit of a doubt that it'll eventually get get cooking. It's it's really fun right now where a lot of people we know from podcasts are making TV or starring in TV. Um, yeah, it's it's, it's lovely. <laughs> You being not in your 40s, you probably have not paid attention to The Simpsons in a very long time. <laughs> but That's fair, I'm yeah. committed. I'm committed for life because it got me through high school. Mm-hmm. And they're having kind of a creative renaissance this year. Mm. Like it's not Golden Age Simpsons, but it's consistently like like I said, I'm committed to watching it forever. But it's gotten to be more. When the new episode's on Hulu, it's like, oh, yeah, Simpsons, rather than, oh, yeah, yeah, I got to watch The Simpsons. Well, Brody Gupta is writing on it now, and she is so funny. I think she's just one of the funniest people in the world. So when I saw that, I was like, I bet you, I bet Simpsons is probably, like, very funny right now. Yeah, that that's, for so long, the writing staff has been primarily middle-aged white guys who went to Harvard, and... There's so many younger people and women and and people from different backgrounds. And you just watch the credits and there's uh, Christine Nangle, Nangang. She's a she's a writer and producer. And, you know, they've each had credit writing credits and episodes this season. It's like, oh, these are these are kind of standouts. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's just it's exciting to see my podcast friends getting TV work. (laughs) Honestly, it does feel that way. It's like, oh, good for them. It's like, they don't know who I am. Why am I so invested in them doing that? Honestly, don't really care about Twisted Metal, but Mike Mitchell and Sean Diston are involved and we're friends. <laughs> so I'm happy about it. Yeah, exactly. I'll have podcast. to watch it now. But uh, um, yeah, so Grand Crew definitely has that. And uh, I like American Auto. It's It's weird because I came to Superstore late and then I watched 100 episodes in six weeks. Have you watched so the finale a, yet? I have not watched the finale okay. yet. Okay. I, I, I figured That's, you hadn't, but I just like to check 
I'm 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 holding off. That's when I'm supposed to watch with Summer when she's ready, because she's one who watched yeah. it all along, and she wants to. She's pulling a Desmond and uh, saving that last Charles Dickens book. Okay, fair enough. Um, but I I really like and I like the like the these. Did you ever watch Better Off Ted? I love that show. <laughs> okay, terrible title, great show. Yes. This has feels a little like that to me with the way sometimes they'll focus on like there's actually a problem they need to fix with a car or they need to figure something out. And it really gives me those vibes of, mm-hmm. you know, well, we accidentally invented this thing and now we have to figure out what to do with it. And there's an emotional yeah. story, but also a putting the pieces in place with this weird, weird corporate uh, mishap. The self-driving car we created is racist. <laughs> like. It's like something Elon Musk would have done. Oh, 100 percent, yeah. <laughs> I have. So yeah, network. You know what? There's still some network shows out there. It's yeah. I I feel a renaissance coming. Like what Quinta did with Abbott. Like how popular Abbott is and how successful it is. It's um. It just goes to show you give a person who has a vision and who wants to speak mm-hmm. to like an experience that maybe hasn't been shown before like that people will show up for it, you know? Yeah. Very and cool she's, she was not a, a name before. So it's not even like a, what so often happens is there's a famous name attached to this show and that's she, why it exists. She was like internet famous. She was like Buzzfeed and like things like that kind of like, like people kind oh, of okay. from that. But you're right. She wasn't like, one, she she's not a nepo baby. <laughs> like, right. yeah, it's not like she's coming off some like huge hit and now she gets her sitcom. It's like she very much I felt like built it herself and it like I don't know. She's just I love her. I think she's very cool. We we've seen so often that internet fame does not translate to any uh, usable kind of fame <laughs> yeah. uh, unless shit my dad says ran for eight seasons and I just missed it. <laughs> so. Honestly, she probably had that going against her as much as anything. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Um, okay, here's here's a show that you had on your list that I totally forgot aired this year, and I loved it. And it's it it's it's so dark, Barry. My God, I love that show so much. I had been like just waiting for that season to come. I was just like dying for it, and then it came. And it was perfect. I loved I loved that season so much. I love Bill Hader. I think he's a tremendous dramatic actor. And I mm-hmm. but what I really think and I hope he continues with I, I'm sure he will, because I think he's directing every single episode of the next season. He is such oh a gosh. good director. He, he it's directs insane. action so well. That I think that episode's called Seven Ten or something. It's the one with the yes. huge highway chase. When that lost the Emmy for direction to a Ted Lasso, I like Ted Lasso. We've talked about it, but it lost to a Ted Lasso episode. I was genuinely furious. I was like, did they even watch the shows? Like, I just was like, did they not see how it was like a fun action sequence with genuine comedy beats that were like laugh out loud funny, but also just like the stunts were executed. Like Everything looked so cool. And I just like couldn't believe how how good it was i was like i knew bill Hader like was like a like definitely like a student of film like he's a huge film nerd and i think he's always wanted to be a director but it's like so fun to see like someone who loves 
like films and then like translate it into like an actual skill. Like he's like very good at it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if, if that episode of Barry had been a movie, his name would have come up as a potential fast and furious director. Oh my God. Yeah. Seems like a weird compliment, but man, he honestly, probably the best choice for it. Yeah. Yeah. He's just so, yeah. I loved this season of Barry. Like Noho Hank is like one of my favorite characters to ever be on television. And actually, you know what? Between Severance, the, the finale of Severance and the finale of Barry, those two shows almost like full panic attacks. And I remember Bill Hader talking on a podcast about Barry. He was like, yeah, we showed like the final episode to a bunch of our like crew and the staff. And like one person actually had an anxiety attack and the rest of the people were like, why are you doing this? <laughs> like, Why did you make this show this way? Because there's that one scene. I, I mean, this isn't a huge spoiler, but like Noho Hank is hearing something on the other side of a wall and it is so upsetting <laughs> it's like so bone chilling um yeah they he did a great job of making just like a very funny i also think this was one of the funnier seasons of barry like there's so many jokes that really really got me but it was also extremely dark <laughs> like very very dark yeah it it really sort of looked I hate throwing around the phrase toxic masculinity just because people use it as a shorthand for things, not because it mm-hmm. isn't real, but mm-hmm. it, you know, it, it's sort of a catch all when you can't think of the word you mean, mm-hmm. but so many shows when, when they, when they deal with, with, with a character like Barry really set him up for, for redemption in a way that this season of Barry kind of said, no, that's probably not going to be possible. Yeah. <laughs> I think spoken. Oh, yeah, I was very afraid. I mean, I I kind of trusted Bill Hader intrinsically that he wouldn't go this route. But I was scared that if people started watching Barry, it would be sort of like the Walter Whiteification again, where it's like right. this guy, like he's an antihero, but he's like people like idolized Walter White, which is insane. And I was so I was like, oh, God, I hope like the wrong people don't get a hold of Barry and are like, Barry's rad. It's like this is like <laughs> deeply unwell, man. And like, I feel like. Bill Hader is very, like, clear in that it's like, he is a bad guy with, like, nothing redeeming about him. And I think next season is the last season. And I'm just, like, very excited to see where his arc ends. Because, yeah, I do not think there's an ounce. Like, I don't even think he has a soul. (laughs) I think he's just, like, he's such a bad guy. But you also, like, weirdly do kind of, like, I don't ever root for him. But it is one of those things, like, when he's in the car chase, you want him to get away. Like, it's right. very strange, the relationship you have with him as a viewer. You want him to get away, but you don't want him to interact with any character you like ever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, God, get away from him. Yeah. Yeah, every anytime he would show up with, with you know, in Jean's life or or... I want to call her Sarah. I'm blanking on Sally. on the Sally. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Anytime you just felt so bad for them because it was like, they're plainly terrified of this man and they're right to be. Oh yeah. The actress from eighth grade who played like the young star in Sally's show, I'm blanking on their name right now. Um, what she's so good. And it was so refreshing to see like that perspective this season where it's like she witnessed Barry screaming at Sally and she immediately was like, this is not okay. Whereas like 
some of the other people, you know, around were like, oh, it's fine. Like, don't worry about it. And like just having that young person who's kind of new to the like industry, quote unquote, seeing that like level of abuse and immediately just being like, he screamed at her. Like he had her up against a wall. Like, yeah, he didn't punch her, but like that was abuse. Like it was just very fascinating to see the different points of view of how awful Barry was <laughs> this like season. Like it's for coming from everyone who knew him. Just like, you're the worst guy. <laughs> And, you know, early in the series, it's him sort of succeeding despite himself. And it, it's, yeah. you know, he, he's just generally, lo- I don't, oh, man, th- that really worked on me. Oh, me too. Uh, um, in the service of maybe slightly less toxic masculinity, but nobody's happy about it. Uh, we we got to bring up the bear. Oh, God, I was so surprised by how much I loved that show. I was going to watch it because, not to be horny on Maine, I have such a crush on that Maine guy, Jerry, Jeremy Allen White. I loved him since Shameless, and I was very excited to see him do a show that was not Shameless, because Shameless is a very, very bad show. <laughs> um, so I was, like, kind of going to watch it no matter what, but I was also like, I don't know. I just, I don't know if this is going to be my cup of tea. And then I, like, was obsessed with it. I, like, crushed it so fast. I watched it in, like, two days. And then I think I like rewatched it a few weeks later. It is so surprisingly effective. Like I did not think I would care that much about any of the characters. And then at the end, I was like, these are my friends. They are my family. (laughs) (laughs) I want them to do well. I I need this sound. I need this restaurant to succeed. (laughs) Like it really got me. I was so surprised. We talked about other shows being stressful, but this one for me was the most uh, besides uh, Zach Cherry's glasses thing, was the most relatable, relatably stressful when they they left the uh, the ticketing system up all night oh by mistake, and they had gosh. more work that they could possibly do. It's like, oh no, I I I know how that feels. I want to die. Yeah, I like I my job. How do I say this without saying what my job is? I deal with like employment insurance. And I don't know if you know this, but there was recently a pandemic where many people lost their jobs. <laughs> so I also agree with the fact that it's like, oh, there's like mm, 10 million things that <laughs> need to be processed. And um, there's, I don't know, 5,000 people to do it. Um, so, yeah, I've never worked in a restaurant and I've never been more happy in my life that I, I never have because I think that would have given me like a heart attack. <laughs> My grandpa and then my dad used to own a bakery okay. and I worked there in high school and it's similar enough where you don't really have like that line of people, but you have a lot of like restaurant orders and stuff. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that, like it touched on things I have not thought about oh, God. <laughs> uh, since, since, since my, since I, my dad left, yeah. uh, 20 plus years ago and I that has not been part of my life but like these parts of me it's like oh god I remember how that would feel like, yeah it's like a terrible it's like yeah a terrible flashback bringing his kids to work at 11 p.m. to fold boxes so he's got something to put buns in oh god like, yeah that the bear for me also it reminded me of Queen's Gambit uh, which is just that I didn't it's a show that was hyper focused on on one particular uh like 
slightly odd thing to do, you know, running mm-hmm. a running a beef shop or playing chess. And mm-hmm. like at the end, I didn't know that I could walk away with a thesis statement of what it was about, except that mm-hmm. I really got involved in that. And now I miss everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I I think the bear was more effective for me than Queen's Gambit. I was never. Oh, yeah, definitely. A hundred percent on board for Queens. And I, this is, I'm going to get in so much. I don't really, that actor doesn't like, um, with Anya Taylor joy. She just doesn't. Yeah. yeah, She doesn't really, that was my horrible Canadian accent coming out. Anya. um, Anya. She doesn't really, I don't know. She doesn't really do it for me. So I think I just didn't, I know she's talented, but I think it's just, I just never care that much. when she's That's, that's valid. And okay, this is a thing I'm, I I think I've said it before, but only only to myself. <laughs> uh, I, I want to bounce this off you of Anya Taylor Joy. Mm-hmm. Is it possible? Oh God, yeah, nobody's going to be offended by anything you said. Is it possible <laughs> she is the most attractive person that you can still describe as having a weird face? I get what you mean. Like, she's, like, beautiful and interesting looking, which normally is not two attributes that overlap. You're usually either, like, beautiful or you're, like, in, like, like interesting looking. And she is both. I, I do get what yeah. you mean. Yes. Either one a little bit. She wouldn't be the other one anymore. Yeah. She's, like, she's objectively stunning, but you're right. Like, she's not, like, I'm trying to think of, like, she wouldn't be, like, the first person you pick to be, like, you know, like the model of, you know, whatever the example would be. Like, I'm old. I feel like I'm old. I'm like, what? who are models? Like Kate Moss. <laughs> like, I don't know. But it's like, yeah, she's like, I think it's that thing of like, she can play like the beautiful lead, but she can also be like, she could be a character actor. Like when she gets older, that's what she'll be. <laughs> like, I oh, think yeah, like I she'll think so. be, because she has the chops. Like, I feel bad like saying it. She, she's not really my cup of tea because she's a, she's talented. Like you can't dispute that. And she's beautiful. But yeah, she's just. I don't know why there's like a certain category of actors and actresses that I, that lots of people are obsessed with, but for some reason never click with me. And for some reason she is, she's one of those. Yeah. And I, I totally get, I, I haven't decided what my opinion on her is. (laughs) Uh, And and maybe I don't need one. I don't know how much in the future I'll be running across her. Yeah. You never know. Um, You know, I'm I'm not going to see that movie where, where the kitchen staff eats the rich people. I don't know. Is that the um, plot of that movie? <laughs> that's what the preview makes it look like, but I I don't know. It's supposed to be good, but it has two people. Like it has Nicholas Holt, I think, is the one guy, and then yeah. her. And I'm like, those are two people I do not like seeing in movies. So I'm like, I'll never see this movie. I I have this thing where they don't even look alike. I get Nicholas Holt and Ben Wishaw confused all the time. Oh, interesting. I, I get Nicholas Holt and Freddie. What is his name? Is it Freddie Highmore? Is that a person? The, There's a Freddie Highmore. The the one from The Good Doctor? Yeah, I get those two confused and I have no idea why. <laughs> That's a weird one for my brain. I don't know why, but I get them confused. And in, in, I mean, in my case, one of them is British and the other isn't. And they look <laughs> significantly different. And yet Don't I have made it. that mistake multiple times. <laughs> it's hard. It's just hard. It's hard to know people's faces. There's so many of them. I need to, I, there's a, there's another example. And now I've forgotten the name of the person who I confused with Freddie Highmore. 
Um, I think there is another. There's like three of them that are all the same person in my head. And I also can't. This, and they don't look at all alike, but uh, Freddie Stroma, who's on Peacemaker. Oh, okay. I thought he and Freddie Highmore were the same person. I didn't know they were two <laughs> separate people. <laughs> also, oh, apparently God. Joel Kinnaman and Joel Edgerton are two different people. I just and, God, there's too many. There's <laughs> just too many people to know. Yeah, I, there's just some people that are all in a a single lump in my brain, and those yeah. are some of them. I think um, that's fine. Here's one you recommended to me, and I ended up watching and liking a lot. The Patient. Did you like it? Okay, I was like waiting to talk to someone about it because I really went back and forth on it because I. First of all, I love Donald Gleason. I think he is just the most perfect little man. He's not little. He's a fully grown adult. I love him. Um, He's so, so good very, at strangling. Good God. Yeah, that was upsetting. I hated that wig. I was so mad he was, didn't have his red hair. I was like, come on. Um, but I was really like stoked about it because it was the folks who did the Americans. And we all know I'm a stan of the Americans. Um, I think the ending... I think it's one of those things where just because the ending didn't end how I had hoped, it made me like kind of sour on the whole show. But I do think it's like, I don't think it was a bad ending. I understand why the ending is, I understand why they wrote it that way. Like I get what they were, you know, doing, but it just is so much not what I wanted to happen <laughs> that I just kind of was like, oh, <laughs> I was just kind of mad. It, it, it was, a, it, the ending was very frustrating. Yeah. Uh, I, I think one thing that really clicked for me that made me um, and like you, I'm 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 ride or die for the Americans. But mm -hmm. how like small scale it is and like when you look at when you see Steve Carell is, is you know, chained, it is a little chain that you look at and go, could I break that if I had to? It's not like a a, you know. I don't know how you describe chains, a big chain. Yeah. Like, it looks like a bike chain. It looks like if you pulled hard enough, maybe you could break it, but probably you can't because it's made of metal. It just but felt it's... very frustrating. Like it felt like he should have been able to get away the whole time it felt. And I just, I think also I have a hard time with Steve Carell, dramatic actor. Um, I like his, the way he portrayed this character was just, he was very soft spoken and he talked like this and I just, I don't know. I feel like I just want comedy Steve Carell back so bad that every time he takes a new, I don't know. He just only does, I feel like I don't know the last time he did a comedy. It feels like he's so, is trying, it's like he's like Oscar bait as a person. Like he just keeps taking these roles where I'm just like, my guy, this is not like, he can execute the role just fine. But it's like, I don't know. I just never really... There were a couple episodes where I was like absolutely like 100% in. I was like, Steve Carell is crushing it. But then there are other times where I was like, man, I don't know what you're doing. You're just whispering <laughs> with like no emotions. It's <laughs> just like, I, I could do that. And I am not an actor. I don't know. Famously not an actor. Yeah. <laughs> um, boy, got a couple I want to work through yet. Uh, okay. How about... Uh... I'm going to lump these together just because their names are similar mm. and they're both on HBO max. And one of them really ran into some trouble. Uh, Hacks and Minx. Oh yes. I uh, love both of them. Minx really, 
I mean, man, this whole episode is me just being like, I watched it because I liked the main white man, but I did really watch Minx because I love Jake Johnson. I think he rocks and he is so good in that show. That is like the role he was 100% born to play. Um, but I was surprised by how much I just, I loved everyone. And then Lennon Parham is in it, who I adore so much. And that oh, was just so like, good. she's so good. And I just was so excited. I just was. Every every cast member in that show I ended up just absolutely adoring. I, and I liked all of their characters. It was like the surprise hit for me. I recommended it to like all of my girlfriends. I was like, you will love this show. It is so funny. It is so good. And for once, it has like a female gaze. So it's like, I mean, there's tons of nudity from both like men and women. But I was like, for once, it doesn't feel like, I don't know. It doesn't feel exploitative yeah. of women, <laughs> which is like, what a relief. Um, so I just was, I was very stoked about that show. Yeah. Now you, you know what happened though, right? Yeah. It's, but I saw that it's going to be on Paramount plus. Oh, good. Okay. I was, what? but I don't know if, I don't know. I feel like that was mixed messaging. So I'm not sure if that's a hundred percent true, but yeah, what a weird thing to get announced in their last week of shooting that HBO max is like dropping it, but it's going to go somewhere else. I don't really understand what HBO max yeah. is doing there, you know, and uh, not on either of our lists, justifiably, this year at least, uh, Westworld, that was canceled about two months ago, and now it's being deleted off of the service. That's crazy. Like, this is why I still buy physical media, because I do not trust these streamers. But it is really frustrating when it's a show that is only available on streaming, because you're just like, right. I would buy this season of television if I could. Like, it's just very frustrating. Yeah, and I don't, for the most part, I think the only HBO Max original that has was released physically was Peacemaker, mm. uh, which I bought because why not? Everything's getting deleted. It's honestly, it's yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's dark, but yeah, Minx is great. Hacks, I like weirdly liked this second wait second season, yeah, yeah. second season, um, better than the first season, and I really liked the first season. There's something about when those two main characters are like getting along. It just makes me very happy. I know the conflict that drives the show is them being very different and they fight and yada, yada, yada. But when they're like in the same groove and they're like laughing and getting along, it just makes me so happy. <laughs> it's just like, I just loved it so much. The, the travel stuff was so appealing. Just putting them in a, in a motor home and. Oh my God. Yeah. It must've been a very fun season to like break and write. Just being like. What kind of like shenanigans can these two like polar opposite people get into when they're on the road together for, you know, like weeks and weeks? How are they going to yeah. wear on each other? Yeah. <laughs> we saw Gene Smart do a lot more stand up this season, and I am stunned at how she, a non stand up, performs stand up. It's crazy how natural she seems at it. Like, she has like the rhythm, like she must have watched or I mean, she's just a great actress, so maybe she did. But I was like, I wonder if she watched a bunch of like, you know, Joan Rivers or like, you know, kind of the character she's sort of based on if she watched a bunch of stand up to prepare because she has like the like the natural rhythm of stand up that you're like, she, I mean, mm -hmm. it could also just be that the writing is like a bunch of comedians writing it. But yeah, she seemed I would have believed that she had done stand up before she, you know, became like Jean Smart, the best actress in the world. <laughs> she's doing her material and there are excellent actors who can't do that like if, if you've ever seen uh lenny the the lenny bruce biopic with dustin hoffman oh no i haven't 
Um, y- y- you don't need to. This isn't an endorsement <laughs> of it. Um, but Dustin Hoffman is so bad at playing Lenny Bruce doing stand-up. I would believe that. Yeah, I could. I cannot imagine Dustin Hoffman doing like, yeah, a setup and punch. Like, I can't see it. <laughs> I can't see it being done successfully. It, yeah, and, it, and you you can sort of see things like how relieved she is when she can just pivot into stuff she knows works. And mm-hmm. my voice did something weird there, but it's <laughs> it, it's such an incredible performance. She's so great. Oh God. I really love her like renaissance of the last few years of like Watchmen and then oh god I forget that Kate what is the name of that Kate Winslet show? Uh, oh, Mayor, oh Mayor, uh, Mayor of Easttown. And then Hacks and like she's just like she's just showing that she can literally do anything. And you yeah, loved her. Well, she was the to... villain on Twenty Four for a season. <laughs> she was. I had no idea. That is hilarious. The, the first lady and then was basically the lead villain of one of the last seasons and that was. That was kind of where her renaissance began. Like, she hadn't done much for a while. And after that, she went to Fargo and... Oh, yes, Fargo, too, yeah. God, she's great. She can do anything. I genuinely believe that. And she's so watchable. Like, you want to see her do everything. Like, I could never get fatigued of her. Did you hear... I think it was actually in season one, but there was a... uh, There was a bit where Hannah had to go to the Wax Museum to... Yes, the, yes. The, the wax statue to for face recognition and she yes. played the wax statue yes oh god i just learned that like not that long ago and i cackled i was like what a queen that rocks that's so funny as long as we're in hbo this is one we both mentioned the righteous gemstones i forgot about this at first because i really feel like that season like came and went very fast after waiting for it for like what feels like three years <laughs> um mm-hmm. but man was this season it, when i started thinking about it again i was like it was a very good season i man their brains those, those guys that created you know that show and eastbound and down and vice principals they and i just watched vice principals three for the first time this past year and i'm just like how do they think of these people and these things and how can danny mcbride <clears throat> in every new series play like a different kind of very specific a-hole like it's never the same but it they all are the same like and i feel like the righteous gemstones character is like probably his most likable because he's kind of like affable like he's awful but he's kind of like i'm just a dumb guy trying to make my dad happy whereas in the other ones he was like (laughs) kind of objectively a monster (laughs) but like it's just yeah i could not believe the season it was nuts so much happened (laughs) is one of those shows you don't expect to be as violent as it is and oh it is so there, gory there motorcycle chases <laughs> yeah. that's another like fucking uh, dudes yeah <laughs> danny mcbride and why am i for, is it jody is it jody hill is that the other person yes what is the name of yeah. they're also like t- speaking of like excellent directors like um, there's like an episode of Vice Principals, Vice Principals, where there's this huge fight and it goes from different rooms and into the hallway from the school. And I just was like, man, the direction of this fight sequence is insane. And I think it was one of them that directed it. And same with Righteous Gemstones. They, like these comedy dudes are just coming out at like, they're just very good at directing like action sequences. And it's very unexpected. Yeah. And these, they kind of been on my radar for a while. Uh, yeah. When they had the writer's strike in 2007, 
Mm-hmm. And Conan O'Brien just started having like regular people on his show. Mm-hmm. Danny McBride was on in character, but nobody had ever heard of him. So nobody knew. <laughs> and he was he was putting out a, a movie he uh, Jody Hill directed. Uh, called The Foot Fist Way. Oh. And it's it's sort of the like the the ur text of of Danny McBride asshole dirtbags. <laughs> where he's a, a taekwondo instructor in South Carolina. Oh god. And you, you know, it's a Danny McBride character. He's all he's, yeah. he's self-important and, and shitty and his life is falling apart and Yeah. They don't mention any of this. Instead, he is there to ostensibly do a taekwondo demonstration. I just remembered exactly what video you're talking about okay and i i feel like i've always seen it out of context and i like never knew like because yeah he wouldn't have been known as danny mcbride at that time really like he wouldn't have been big so yeah (laughs) that bit is extreme like conan during the writer strike is maybe my favorite youtube like uh, rabbit hole to go down like my favorite video of all time is him doing like an office tour do you know which one i'm talking about oh yeah where he like where he has his guitar and he plays with the right like the other staff who are playing guitar like a rock band like it's just i'm sorry that's a total tangent i love i love conan but the rider strike era hit different but that's very funny man danny, Mc, danny mcbride is wild like i feel like my first exposure to him was like hot rod and maybe like pineapple pineapple express like when he would just do those tiny little bit parts yeah in movies He's that where he was always very too. like he yeah, he was always like hilarious, but he was never like the star. And then yeah, he those his run of HBO shows have just been what an insane output. <laughs> yeah, but the the foot fist way, which I kind of love, but I suspect it would be embarrassing to go watch it now because it's <laughs> clearly made by a couple of guys with no money and yeah, it's seventy five minutes with forty three minutes of plot. <laughs> but it is. It's still it looks well directed and it is being made with no equipment and no money. And yeah. you can see where, you know, that that's some of these these independent bargain basement film guys are they're learning stuff and then translating it to actual TV. And it's mm-hmm. it, it's so cool to see what they could do with a little bit of money. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Righteous Gemstones is like definitely their. I mean, it makes sense for also for the like what the content of the show is, but it looks like it costs a lot. Um, it's like their most like crisp, like, yeah, it looks like it costs a pretty penny to make that show, which I mean, it makes sense. Cause they're supposed to be like insanely wealthy, but yeah, this yeah, season but if you was didn't nuts. make it look good. It would just, <laughs> you wouldn't buy into it for even a second. If it's, Oh yeah. If... Yeah, exactly. It actually looks crummy. Yeah. <laughs> And how funny is Edie Patterson on that show? God, she her is... and Tim Baltz. Like, I can't believe we've already mentioned Tim Baltz. His performance on this show is the funniest. Like, it. Like, I loved him in general. Like, I think he's one of the funniest, like, consistent, like, podcast guests in the world. Like, he mm-hmm. always cracks me up. But he, like, he's, like, the kind of the unknown on the show. Like, Edie was, like, on, you know, she was on Vice Principals and stuff. But, like, mm-hmm. he's kind of the newbie. But, like him rollerblading him in that jumpsuit like he is so goddamn funny on this show like but yeah Edie Patterson her particular like her ability to play like an absolute psychopath but still being like so funny god she says the most insane things you've like ever heard a person say and she delivers them with like such conviction oh god I love her 
I love when she just, like the words she chooses is just a little off from what a normal <laughs> yeah. person would say. And like she the meaning's still like, there. <laughs> yeah, like you get the gist. But she always says like the most filthy, like disgusting things you've ever heard. And I'm just like, who taught, who raised, like what is your, it just is very you? funny. Yeah, who raised you? It just is very, very funny to me. Uh, we should probably wrap up kind of soon. I do have a couple I want to hit real quick just because uh, um, they're interesting. One I didn't watch much of and one I did. Uh, you had She-Hulk on your list because it stars your best friend. Yes. <laughs> Canonically, my best friend, uh, Tatiana. You're going to introduce her to me. Yes, exactly. Next time she's in town, I'll hit her up. Yeah, I should put She-Hulk. That was slightly pandering towards you, but I do feel like I am definitely a She-Hulk defender. I feel like Twitter in particular, like kind of the toxic, awful part of Twitter, really hated on that show. I found it like endlessly delightful. That episode with Daredevil was so funny and so oh, good. I loved it. It was like, I just was like, it made me so, and it was written by um, Cody Ziegler. Like, yes. uh, you know, like an Earwolf like producer, you know, you've heard forever. So, I mean, I thought it was just like, um, it was not what you would expect from a Marvel thing. And that's what I like really loved about it. And it, yeah, I just, I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was a super fun like, I think if you take it for what it is, which is, like, it is not trying to build on the MCU that much. You know, it's not trying to, like, right. it was just, like, a fun, like, lawyer show. Like, it was just, yeah. I found it so delightful. Not everything has to build on, you know, build to the next crossover. This was, it was, it was fun. Mm. And I, I love the way they so accurately anticipated what the ter terrible people on Twitter would say that they could incorporate yeah. it into the show before they yeah. said it. They really called their shot and it, um, it paid off big. Oh, I had so much fun watching that show. Me too. And here, here's a nerd thing that, that might make something even funnier for you is, uh, there, there's an episode where these guys with like magic construction equipment try to attack her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like there's a guy with a crowbar and a you know a guy with like a hard hat. They say yeah. they robbed an Asgardian construction worker. <laughs> Those guys are based on villains from the comics that people have wanted to be in the movies for years. <laughs> really? Yeah, the the wrecker and the wrecking crew, <laughs> and like their deal is like they were Thor villains before. Thor did exclusively mythological stuff. Yeah. And so they get used a lot because like, that's a way to prove your hero is good at his job. If he can fight a Thor villain and survive. Yeah. Which also means that these guys just lose all the time to <laughs> very, un but they're kind of like fan favorites. So everybody was like, mm -hmm. Oh, they're, Oh, maybe, maybe they're going to be in the next Thor movie. They're not going to be in a Thor movie. He's fighting Satan, you know? Yeah. <laughs> And the stakes are much higher. Yeah. Yes. So people were so mad that the version of that, the canonical version of the wrecker and the wrecking crew were <laughs> these idiots who stole some Asgardian equipment and got beat up instantly. Basically like incel dorks who are like, you don't, you know, you don't get to have this. Like that is extremely funny, man. What a, they really kind of flipped the bird to like a very specific um, section of the Marvel fan base. And I love that. I love them for that. Good job. <laughs> oh, had so much fun. Mm -hmm. Did so you fun. watch the, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special? 
I have not. I was going to watch it with my mom probably closer to Christmas because she's a big uh, Marvel head. So I haven't watched oh. it yet. Is it fun? It is very fun. It is ridiculous. Okay, I love it's, it. Yeah, it, I mean, it's the James Gunn who wrote and directed the other Guardians stuff. Mm-hmm. And it is... There, there's two songs. Kevin Bacon is in it. It is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous, and it's so funny. Dave Bautista, okay. when did, I don't know why he's my favorite comedic actor at this point. But. He is. I've talked about it like nonstop for probably way too long now. He is my favorite character actor. He always. I love him so much. I've watched movies just for him. Like he's incredible in Blade Runner, um, 2049 or whatever. He's so good in Knives Out. He's, like, excellent in that weird, like, hotel hospital movie that Jodie Foster was in. <laughs> I, don't, I watched it literally specifically for Dave Bautista. Um, he's, and he's so good in Guardians. Like, I just love him. I think he's, yeah, he's, like, I feel the same way about Channing Tatum, where Channing Tatum, as a comedic actor, I love it so much. I think he's genuinely so funny. But he's, ne- I've never thought he was, like, the hot romantic lead. I'm, like, not interested in that at all. I'm just, like only put him in comedies as like the, you know, handsome idiot. Like it works every time for me. <laughs> I want to see him infiltrate a high school, not carry it, not drive a dog across <laughs> America. And honestly, a hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you saw knives out that didn't play in theaters for long, but uh, I was going to oh, say, I, Bautista is so funny in that. I like hauled ass to the theater. I was like, I loved the first knives out so much. I love Ryan Johnson so much. Um, and I just, and I love Daniel Craig in that role. I think it's just like post bond Daniel Craig makes me so happy. Like his choices. God, I love, I love it so much, but yeah, that glass onion was so fun. Like, I just remember sitting there and being like, this is why I love like seeing movies in the theater, like just a blast. I was like laughing and I was like on the edge of my seat. Like it just, it worked for me every beat of it, but this is not the movie wrap up podcast. I'm sorry. I keep derailing it's us. Certain- it certainly isn't. <laughs> we both came down pro <laughs> knives out. Yeah, we really um, did. I got way behind on this show and didn't finish it because I found the fan base to be unbearable. Mm. Um, our flag means death. Yeah, it's definitely one where you have to completely disconnect from okay. from the fan base. Yeah, but I enjoyed it. I like Taika. I like Reese Darby. Um, I like all the other actors. I thought it was like a funny, nice show. Like I. Okay. I will continue to watch it, but I will um, not search anything about it on Twitter. <laughs> right. Okay. So I, yeah. I, should, I should finish yeah. the season. Yeah, I, I really liked it. I like where they went with it. Um, I think it was kind of unexpected, but like, wasn't it? I don't know. I enjoyed it. I thought it was okay. a nice program. I, en- I enjoyed what I watched and then I sort of lost track for a little while. And then the fan base got like, I don't want to be associated yeah. with those people. <laughs> Yeah, it can be. Yeah, it's it's Reese Darby as a fancy boy. Yeah, and I I just started rewatching Fly of the Concords, and I just was like, he's so funny. I'm so I'm happy he's having so much success with this show that he's kind of like, I just want him in like everything. He's always he always gets me. Did you ever watch Wrecked? Wrecked. Oh no, I didn't. But he I I know what show you're talking about. Oh, it's. It's a long form lost parody that is yeah. very funny. And he's basically the lock of that show. Oh, interesting. 
That, I bet I would have loved that show. I don't know why I never... I think it was hard to find to watch in Canada. <laughs> that is my barrier for a lot of shows. <laughs> it wasn't easy in America, so I can only imagine. <laughs> I would have had to export it. Yeah. Um, also, uh, yeah, Claudio Doherty is in, in Our Flag Means Death, right? Yeah, yeah, she plays his wife. Yeah, she's... Oh, yeah. I love her. Me too. Every time she's so good. Did, this might not have been available in Canada. Do you see Killing It on here? It was on Peacock. I have not figured out how to watch yet, but I would really like to watch it. So I'm hoping it event like sometimes those shows end up on like Crave, which is our one of our streamer things or like in a weird other place. So I'm like hoping that I can find it somewhere <laughs> without having to pay like a million dollars. It's it, it's such a great example of of just an like the show needed to have a premise. So it has a premise that makes no sense. Yes. They're working together yeah. <laughs> to win a contest, a snake killing contest. <laughs> and it, it, it's so tangentially about that. Most of the time, it's mostly about just the funniest people. And um, I'll stop talking up a show that's not available to you. Uh, yeah, how dare you? <laughs> did, did Girls five ever, ever come to Canada? It's going to be on Netflix, apparently. Yeah. So I think we'll get the back couple seasons. I did. Okay. I'm sorry, everyone. I did start watching it on a like a legal streaming site, and the from like the few episodes I saw, I absolutely loved it. It was a hundred percent, yeah, up my alley. So I'm very excited that I'll eventually get to see the rest of it. And I finally saw the second season of the other two this year. And my God, I can't. Yeah. That is the funniest show on the planet. God, it's and Drew Tarver does not get enough credit. He is so funny. Oh God, sorry. That is that's not they, that that didn't even come out this year. But I he just, should be in the Emmy race. He should be. He's so funny. And like Molly Shannon gets credit for that show, as she should. I love Molly Shannon. She's incredible. But like Drew Tarver and uh, what is her name? Who plays his sister? Helen. York. Helen. Yeah. Helen yes. York. Yeah. She is so. They're so funny. And that show is like. God, it's it's I can't even like put it into words how funny I find that show. I've oh god, I've rewatched it so many times now. Did, did I tell you I got to tell Drew Tarver to his face that I love that show? I've been wanting you posted a picture on Instagram and I was like, when did you meet Big Grande? I was like, so like I love Drew Tarver, but I like I really love John Mackey. I have such a little crush on him, and I just was so jealous of you. <laughs> you get to meet all the was, all the fellas. It was so fun. Yeah, they did a little tour end of October. I went to Chicago and they're just playing this little hole in the wall comedy club. And mm-hmm. oh, it was so much fun. I can't even imagine how funny they would be. Like, like I like crack up listening to their podcast, like let alone in person, because they're all like they're the worst slash best kind of improvisers. They just like put because they're all so close. They just put each other on the spot so much. Whereas, like, if they were in a in a group with people they didn't know, they would be, like, the meanest, like, scene partner or whatever. But because they're all so close, it's just, like, so joyous and chaotic. I just love them so much. It's it's very funny to see their reactions to some of those things in person. <laughs> they're just <laughs> like, oh, God. Dan Lippert has made them an insane character. Uh, <laughs> um, There I, is... There's um this is total um, tangent, but it's just because I wrote it down after I sent you my list of shows. There is a show that meant more to me than like almost anything else this year, and I don't know if you've seen it. Have you ever watched the show Taskmaster? Do you know? I what have it is? started watching it. I'm very far behind because I'm new okay. to it and I've had a hard time tracking it down in order. But it is okay, it's f- amazing. 
the first like t- this set show got me through like 2022 was a rough year for old Haley and I was like and I, you probably relate to this where you live too like January February and sometimes even March can be just so brutal because you're just snowed in and there's like no sunlight and you're just like I will never <laughs> I'm just like so depressed and during this period I my friend was like you should watch Taskmaster I feel like you would like it and so I watched mm, 11 seasons in like three weeks like I went completely off the rails like I'd bring my laptop to bed and I'd still be watching I'd fall asleep watching it I'd wake up start watching it and I just it meant like it is my favorite most comforting show I've ever and I think there were two seasons that aired this year I haven't seen the most recent one because it's not available but I think the first 10 seasons are available on YouTube for free just on the Taskmaster um, like YouTube channel at least in Canada you can watch it for free um and I just it nothing I don't think anything I watched this year made me like as consistently happy as that insane show so I'm happy you've started watching because I was going to pitch it very hard because <laughs> I was like it is just like it's it always like I leave every episode just like happy and I was like god that was fun <laughs> what a nice time I just had so I think that was like and I'm not usually one to watch you know like non-narrative shows like I'm pretty much like I don't watch any reality shows. I don't watch anything like that. So this was the one where I was kind of like, I mean, I guess I'll watch it. And then it's like, no, every season I start off being like, who are these people? And then by the end, I'm like, I love them. I never want them to leave. <laughs> like, I'm so sad this season is over. And then you start the new, the next season. You're like, ah, who are those? Like, I miss my old friends. And then by the end of the next season, you're like, I love them. <laughs> like, there's never been a bad season. It's like, it's just insane, the output and how how good it is. So I'm happy you're watching it. If anyone listening hasn't started watching Taskmaster, do yourself a favor. It is just, it's just joy. It's just silly, fun times. Every time I watch it, I'm like, yeah, I need to watch all of this. And what I need to do is just take a vacation and do nothing but watch Taskmaster. (laughs) Honestly, it's like, yeah. And there's like, you just, and you just learn of so many like new comedians. I mean, they're not new, but like new to me comedians, um from England and I think there's some like New Zealand folk like it's just like a fun exposure to all these different comedians and then it's also very fun to draft in your head who you would want who you would cast like task or cast on a taskmaster season like I think Paul F. Tompkins would be great I think he Scott talks Alton, about it a lot he would yeah love he was he was just on the taskmaster podcast and I was like yes make it happen I think Scott Ackerman would be truly so awful at it. He would overthink every single thing to a degree that would be painful to watch. Um, yeah, I just, I, I like go through all the comedians I love and I'm like, who would be good on it? Who would, they tried to do an American reboot where Reggie Watts was the host and, and I think Kate Berlant was on it. I can't remember who else was on it, but apparently it was like very, very bad. Like, I think the tone just didn't translate, but there is a New Zealand I think there's three seasons of New Zealand Taskmaster that are so, so funny that I can't recommend them enough either. Yeah, the the on Worst Idea of All Time, they mentioned that a lot. I think one of them was yeah, did one of the um, seasons. I think Guy might have Guy, done a season. Guy did a season. He was that that season, it's season two. It is an incredible season. He is so funny on it, but there's this other contestant on it who is like an absolute maniac like he is oh there's a a task where they have to do a rap battle and he just he really goes off it is so funny you'd have to find the clip even like the clip just on its own 
killed me. And then I was like, okay, I have to watch this season to see like what this man does in other situations. And he did not disappoint. <laughs> Incredible. Um, so I had to get that one in before we wrapped up because I was like, if I talk about my TV experience in 2022 and did not mention that I watched hundreds, literally hundreds of hours of Taskmaster, <laughs> I would be a liar. Oh man, okay, I gotta, I gotta do this now. Um, do you have anything else you wanted to, to touch on? One we didn't get to talk about, but we both love, and I think it's popular enough that we don't need to sell it to anyone. But what we do in the shadows continues to be like one of the most consistently right. in- interesting and funny shows I've like I've ever seen. And this most recent season had like a very like the emotional through line of it was very effective to me. I was like, I couldn't believe how like emotionally invested I was in it. Like the Colin Robert, uh, Robinson, Robertson, yes. Why do I never know what his name is. Him and Laszlo, like they're dynamic. Like I was so invested in it. And then the finale, I was like very upset. Like it was very strange. Yeah. It's, it's especially after, after Laszlo is maybe the least emotionally connected of any of them. And <laughs> yeah. This was... One thing I really that really struck me was at the end of last season, I kind of felt like, oh, it's going to have to be a different show now because it's got it kind of scatters them to the four winds. <laughs> and then the finale is just oh, or the premiere is like, oh, no, they're back together again. But they're I, that made their me relationships have changed. Yeah, I was surprised by that. I thought we would also get them kind of spread out. But I feel like the writers of that show know like this show is the best when they're all together. And I do yeah. think I wouldn't have liked a season where they were all spread apart for a bunch of it. So I think that was like 100% the correct call, but it is very funny that they like, end the season with so many stakes. And then within two minutes of the premiere, they're like, and everyone's back. <laughs> but yeah, just like in the old show. days when they, when a network show didn't know if it was going to be canceled or not. So they do like the yeah. news radio. <laughs> We're all going our separate ways. And then if they got renewed, <laughs> whoops, just kidding. <laughs> We're all back and things will be normal again. That, that home repair show they did episode they did that was, oh man that killed me that was so funny oh my gosh i god yeah I, it's it's one of those shows where it's like i just want to like you could just talk about the jokes you find funny but like no one cares to hear you like and then this happened right. <laughs> but it's like it's, that's what that show makes me want to do <laughs> can't explain why it's so funny that nick kroll names members of his crew for several minutes <laughs> And the reveal of every one of them, I laughed every time. It never, like, it, it never missed for me. And I also love Nadja. I think she's, like, the most, in, like, such an interesting character. And I love that. I always love a comedy, like, a like a comedy like that where the female character isn't the, like, wet blanket. I feel like comedy's gotten much better at that. But, you know, for so long, that was the role of the female. I was like, guys. Oh, yeah stop it but in this season Nadja just fully opens like a blade what was it like a blade like nightclub where like blood sprinklers <laughs> like she just is like on her like she's just on a tear and I just oh god I love her so much I love that they every ridiculous thing they just keep too like yeah there's still a doll that's possessed by the spirit of the person <laughs> she used to be that's just part of the cast now and they cut to it for interviews <laughs> Oh, it's so good. God, I love that show. It is, um, my friend just watched it all, like all four seasons for the first time. 
and I just saw her last night and I just like I just immediately became the annoying person I truly am inside but I like try to tamp down where I was like oh my god isn't the Jackie Daytona episode so funny and then I just like I just like I just couldn't control myself and she was like yeah it was very funny I was like okay I'll shut up sorry oh it didn't change your life me neither yeah I, I don't I think about it constantly. yeah <laughs> okay here's a before we do the real uh, final stuff, is there anything on your radar you're excited for in the coming year? Oh, what a good question. Um, well, I'm anticipate, like I'm very nervous, but excited about the final season of Ted Lasso because I have a lot riding on it, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, and like, we'll I'm, it's be back after I'm, that finale airs. Oh God, I hope I don't have to eat a bunch of crow. Um, it's mostly just like I don't know if there's any new shows that I can think of that I'm really excited about it's a lot of just like second seasons or like you know new season of succession and like it's a lot of that that I'm very I'm just anticipating I don't know if I've started any or if I'm I know of any new new shows coming out that I haven't I can't think of any is there any that are like on your radar that you think are going to be very good I have there's one new one uh and I think it's on Peacock here, so I don't know where it will be for you. <laughs> but you might want to bust out the VPN because it's called okay. Poker Face. Poker Face. And it is Ryan Johnson and Natasha <gasps> Leone. Yes. Okay. I 100% saw that trailer. See, this my memory is just shot to hell. Yes, that show looked phenomenal. Okay, I'm writing it down so I don't forget it. I think it starts in, let me... We go yeah, to one it's of like our a, tabs that's always open that has TV premiere dates. She's kind of like a Columbo, right? It's like a limited yes. series. She's kind of a detective. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, the combo of Ryan Johnson and Natasha Leon made me very excited. Her cameo in that, Glass Onion. That's the only new, new thing that I've seen enough about. Yeah, I forgot about that completely. Get pumped. But um, as you pointed out to me, Perry Mason is coming back. Yes, as soon as I saw that, I was like, I'm so happy for EJ. <laughs> like, I just was like, what a good day. Watch a lot of those. Um, Party Down is coming back in February. Yeah. I think they That'll just announced the date. Yeah, February 24th. Yeah. I don't know how it's going to be without Lizzie Kaplan. They were, like, her and Adam Scott were kind of the heart of that show. But I'm excited about it. Like, who would have ever yeah. thought that the show that had like 13,000 people watch this series finale, like would ever come back like 10 years later, longer than 10 years. I sort of, I mean, obviously I wish Lizzie Kaplan were in it, but I sort of like the idea that one of them got out of that life. Yeah, like, that's totally. An interesting story. Interesting thing to do with the story. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm scrolling to find poker, uh, poker face January 26. Oh, that's coming up fast. So I'm gonna have to do Nick some Nolte research. <laughs> what? That's insane. Yeah, Pearlman. Pearlman, Judith I can see. Light. Yeah, she makes sense, Judith, but Judith Light. Oh man. From Who's the Boss? Yeah, Tim Blake Nelson. Oh, Cherry Jones. Weird... Oh, it's Cherry a... Jones. I am. Um... Cherry Jones, another 24 first lady. I like that cast. That's a fun cast. That feels like a justified season or something. Like, you know, like all these weird character actors all compiled into one. Oh, man, the new Justified. That's on my hey. list of exciting. <laughs> I used I, I stumbled into that one. Yeah, that's I'm adding that to my list of things to remember. Um, 
And it was just uh, I'm excited that they're doing more Futurama on Hulu because uh, I I love that very much. And it's come back from the dead three times now. <laughs> Did they get Bender? Um, Did they end up getting And it? of course, there's a new Mission Impossible movie coming this year. Oh, that Mission Impossible movie is what has carried me through many months. <laughs> I'm going to see it. 12 times in theaters i'm sure i'm gonna go absolutely nuts for it i saw top gun have... three times just because i was like it's filling the void <laughs> <laughs> i just need tom cruise to be so good at one thing honestly that's i i know he's a weirdo and probably a very bad man but it's like man he is so good at being like a movie like an action movie star like yes. oh my god i i was gonna do a rewatch of all the Mission Impossible's leading up to that new one, and I kind of want to start it like now. <laughs> yeah, I did. I've been doing rewatching franchises, so I have podcast content, and uh, mm-hmm. that's included both Mission Impossible and the American Pie series. Um, <laughs> a natural, natural combo. One of them I liked much better than the other. Um, American Pie, right? <laughs> yeah, big <yeah, man. laughs> uh, God, that trailer is so, it's so it's good. It's so good. I, for like literally two years, Mission Impossible Fallout was like my entire personality. When I first got my dog, <laughs> the first thing we did the night I had him is we watched that movie. I felt like I was like indoctrinating him. I was like, this is the family you are a part of. We love Mission Impossible Fallout. Um, I saw it in theaters. So I remember like clapping. I would never clap in a movie. I'm not one to like do that ever but there were parts in fallout where i was like i just wanted to stand up i was like so excited i don't know what it is about those movies i just it's just what you i don't know it's just what is good about seeing a movie in the theater it's like it's everything you want it's like oh god i love those movies so much i need to shut up <laughs> oh man no you 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 found a you found a partner here we might have to do a mission <laughs> impossible episode uh honestly uh, recording sometime after dead reckoning comes out because yeah i have a lot of mission impossible thoughts i haven't seen the first two in a very very long time but i've watched from the third on pretty maybe 2019 2020 i don't know why i I feel like they just the last few just like kicked it into a gear that it was not in before but i feel like like do the first two hold up I guess we'll find out. I'll do a rewatch. The (laughs) first one I think holds up better than it had a reputation for at the time. Okay. Like everybody at the time the knock was it was too confusing and Uh, it's not. Two is the most year 2000 thing you can imagine. I remember not liking it when it came out, but I was also, if it came out in 2000, I was eight years old. (laughs) I can understand why it was maybe not my favorite movie. And I don't think I ever rewatched it, but the first one I have rewatched, but um, that'll be my it's, next excursion. Two is the weakest. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has aged the most poorly, but it's still fun to, I mean, it's, it's like the whole John Woo thing. He didn't really click in America and you kind of see why. Mm. Like it's some of the, you know, he, he goes very artistic action scenes, mm-hmm. but, you know, a bunch of doves flying when there's a gunshot is just not going to be as interesting as, <laughs> you know, uh, um, Tom Cruise underwater trying to get the memory card out of the thing while yeah. it's wiping through. Oh, God, that scene is so stressful. I hate underwater scenes like that where you're like, 
oh god can i hold my breath for that long and then i'm like oh no i would be dead <laughs> we had a pool I when i was a kid and so i i would always try to hold my breath for you know just go as long as i could you know you're a kid it's like 40 seconds but it feels like hmm. forever and yeah <laughs> oh i get so stressed out yeah me too oh i'm very excited i forgot that this was coming. pardon we had john wick this year too oh is the wait it would be yeah the fourth one is coming out i didn't know yeah. when it was coming out my god kate there's lots to live for now <laughs> exactly yeah. we're, we're doing we're doing fine <laughs> let's uh and God, I can't believe I have a list of things on my phone that I'm excited about. No, I and, love uh, On the podcast front, I don't know when it's happening or in what form, but the oft-teased Crisis on Infinite Bang Bangs is uh, uh, very exciting to me. Oh, right. I don't have the CBB World subscription yet. I need to do that because there's like a hundred shows I want to catch up on. I need to do that. Because that one oh, in particular looks insane. It's the multiverse, basically. Yes. It looks incredible. They And I don't know how it's going. Like, they've done some teasers and some tie-ins. Mm -hmm. And everybody figured it was going to be for, like, Scott's paternity leave. And then that wasn't the case. That. <laughs> I also thought that. I don't know what they're doing. They're, that'll but, uh, be very good. Yeah, there's uh, Bobby Moynihan has a semi-recurring thing now where he does a talk show as Batman. Honestly, that is the that was the kick I saw that today that a new episode dropped and I was like, I gotta get this. <laughs> I love Bobby Moynihan so much. The one that came out today, his guest is Superman, and it's it's Ben Rogers. <gasps> Bang Rogman, I love him. Yes, and he's not just doing Superman; he's doing Sylvester Stallone's Superman. <laughs> oh my God, that's incredible! Oh God, okay, I'm gonna have to buy it tonight. <laughs> yeah, you know, Tim Baltz does his. Uh, uh, hey, Randy, with Randy Snuff's yeah. talk show, and uh, Lily Sullivan's This Book Changed My Life. Yeah, there's uh, so many good ones. Yeah, it's nuts. It's, so, yeah, I don't know when they're getting to the crisis, but I'm very excited about that. Mm -hmm. So that's, I feel like that's, I, 2023 is going to be going to be okay. Yeah, I think so. I think it'll be a good one. We got Mission Impossible. There's Ant Man and Guardians of the Galaxy, which my yeah. two favorite Marvel franchises. I'm all yeah. set. Yeah, my God, yeah. Um, we're gonna thank you for giving me so much of your time on a on a work night. My God. <laughs> um, thank you for letting me talk nonstop about all of the things I love most in the world, which is television. <laughs> I have new shows to watch now. Yeah, me too. Do you, I will probably, we are recording this slightly before Christmas. I will probably put it out just after as the final episode of the year. Mm -hmm. um, do you, I, I'm, I'm placing it in time as if you have upcoming stand updates to promote, but uh, <laughs> do, do you have anything you'd like to plug? My good friend, Justin Morissette, who used to host the real good show, which was a, a sports pod that was, that's quite popular. Um, we are starting a podcast. We have finally recorded, I think, four episodes. Um, it's wow. called ADHD DVD. Um, we're trying to bank a bunch before we release them, but they'll be they'll be released in the new year. Um, the premise is him and I both have collected a lot of DVDs that we have not watched. So we bought these DVDs and they've just sat on our shelves for like some of them like fully 15 years. Um, and now we're finally going through them and talking about them. And it's been truly so delightful. And we've watched some real stinkers. <laughs> so um, that'll come out sometime in 2023. And 
I hope people listen to it. It was it's very fun to record. So. Oh, I I have been excited for this since you told me the premise. I yeah. I I can't wait. Once we once Justin and I figure out how to add a third person to our recording, I would like you as a guest. I feel like you would you'd be an excellent fit. Oh, I would love that. And Perfect. I think I would like to have the two of you on. And what might be fun is to do a short-lived TV show that none of us saw before talking about that. You know, Ooh. as opposed to a favorite, we'll find something that ran six episodes that none of us watched. Oh, that's fun. I like so that idea a lot. Premises. I love that. But uh, yeah, we'll no, work that no. out. But I am I am yeah. excited. This, uh, you, you have, you're a fan favorite guest. Uh, I'm looking forward to <laughs> to hearing that um and uh boy we can't really end if i don't uh without a word from our sponsor uh and we're both customers we are this this is not like one of those things where they're pretending they use manscaped and you can tell (laughs) um they follow me on twitter though (laughs) i don't know why they want to sponsor me i'll hear them out but for now our real and important sponsor is teasebysummer.com who is great at making t-shirts and mugs i have sincerely been drinking out of my tease by summer mug this entire time oh that's great yeah i love it you very kindly got it for me and it's 10 out of 10 It's, it's i cannot get over I, I know it sounds like I'm I like I genuinely every time I bought something from her, I, it is I cannot believe like how good the like the printing and design are like it. It looks really good. Oh, yeah. I'm obsessed with it. I use it every single day. It's my coffee mug. Yeah. <laughs> it, it looks like official merchandise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's so great. And she's so great. <laughs> yeah, she's she's great. She's a great designer. Great person. Buy some, you, you can put a note to the seller when you order something. Tell them EJ and Haley were saying good things about her. <laughs> um, just just say that. I don't. Nothing will happen as a result, but uh, uh, it'll probably feel good. But yeah. it's it's great and super fast shipping. That that mug got to Canada real fast. Mm-hmm. Middle uh, of I nowhere, Canada. For a while. That's <laughs> yeah. I I figured it would be the new year before before uh uh the the mounted police made it out there i don't know much <laughs> about canada uh, yeah I all of our deliveries learn- mount- <laughs> mounted police on a moose that's how our mail is <laughs> delivered they give you some syrup i i think yeah. i understand <laughs> yeah i need to learn all this before i meet tatiana maslani yeah you gotta get you gotta get you know you gotta understand the terms you gotta know what a bunny hug is you gotta know these things <laughs> two satisfied customers here teased by summer.com mm-hmm. um that's gonna do it uh i'm not gonna do all my social medias now uh i actually since you're here i think i might owe you a social media apology really for what yes well uh i have started doing tiktoks where i review movies badly oh yeah they're very funny it's a great bit i post my instagram and when Instagram, you can see who's watched them. And I bring this up because you watched this one and I didn't realize it was cutting them off after 45 seconds. <laughs> so I do one where I review the Fablemans 
without a shirt. And then I notice and go, oh, not again. But if it cuts off before that, it looks like I'm just a guy who has decided to start doing movie reviews online without a shirt. And I have to think everybody who watched that is like, what the hell is this guy's deal? I I sincerely thought that was the bit and I thought it was very funny. I thought I was like, this is a very funny bit to sincerely just like shirtlessly do a review and do not comment on the fact that I thought I thought it was very I genuinely was like, that's a great bit. That's funny. And then you clarified and I was like, oh, okay, that makes more sense with like what I know about you. I feel like you wouldn't just like do that, but I was not you have no apology necessary. I thought it was a funny joke. And then when I saw the actual video i also thought that was funny so you got two laughs out of me everybody who saw it i'm like do i contact all of those people individually <laughs> to no no you have nothing to apologize for be proud of yourself right i've got another one coming where it looks like i have a head wound but it looked bad so i might have to reshoot it <laughs> i'm maybe getting a little too too <laughs> ambitious <laughs> I respect it. I can't, I don't even have a TikTok. I'm like very afraid of it. So I power to you for doing it. I might be doing it wrong. I don't know. I've never seen a TikTok before I started doing them. So <laughs> I'm, I, I, I'm perplexed by everything, but hopefully we'll figure <laughs> that out in the new year. But uh, th- thank you so much. You, it is, it is always so fun to talk to you. Um, oh, the, will... the, yeah, the pleasure's all mine. I, anytime. It's my favorite thing to do. Yeah, I love chatting with you. And and my friends will be happy because they're, they <laughs> they do not care for the episodes that are just EJ, but. <laughs> I like uh, those too. <laughs> they're sold. They're going to replace me with you. Um, <laughs> do you think she'll come watch Better Call Saul with us? Yeah, probably. <laughs> nah. <It's> wild. <laughs> Not quite the um, commute for that, yeah. And uh, happy holidays. When this airs, the holidays will have mostly passed. But uh, to you as a person in this moment, have enjoy your holidays. Yeah, you too, and happy New Year, and and all that great stuff. Thank you for, thank you for being one of the, one of the one of the the better social media people I know. Oh, thank you. <laughs> like the most backhanded, but I hope you I hope that translated. Oh no, I took it. I that I took it. Yeah, I took that nicely. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, we will. I will talk to you soon or tweet at you about weird TV stuff. At any rate, um, and all of you out there listening, ch- check out the shows we liked. And definitely, you should be watching Taskmaster because uh, it's got a long winter ahead of us, folks. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and now I'm going to stop recording, and now people heard me say it. Thanks from (laughs) Pet Talks. Bye.